Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Fred's BS. And this is the no BS spot for Fred's BS because I'm not making any BS jokes except for, I guess, this BS joke because there's a rule of three in comedy. I don't know. But you know what? I do know that Fred's BS has those awesome deals on those $15 a month boxes, guys. Just be sure to head over to fredsbs.com and use promo code BRIGHTSIDE for 20% off your first order. And that's no BS. Wink. Hey, Brightsiders. It looks like this episode might be coming out on time. Woo, good for me. Yeah, it's because it was uh, taped a few weeks ago, but... Yeah, so whenever I did the This Is Rad pod with Kyle Clark, he decided to come on my podcast. So he's the guest this week, and we talk quite a bit As you, if you listen to that podcast. And if you don't, subscribe. And it's called That's Rad. It's pretty fun. We got to nerding out a little bit, and we get to nerding out on this one. So yeah, this is a special, like, basically double edition we talked for over two hours about scary haunts, sad songs, and literally every pop culture thing you can think of. Because we are just a couple of nerds. So enjoy. The sweet, sweet thing to they got a hold of me. Open doors for little old ladies. I help the blind to see. I got no friends cause they read my Twitter. And they can't be seen with me. And I'm getting real shot down and I'm feeling mean. No more Mrs. Brightside. No more Mrs. Gleefee. No more Mrs. Brightside. They say I'm sick. I'm a sea-hee-hee-hee. ready for this yeah guys um sorry i smoked a bowl beforehand but i do that all the time so who am i kidding this is mrs Brightside, where the glass is always half full and of course i am your host lucretia lyon and this week i have a very special guest introduce yourself hello i'm kyle clark all right i uh, i really enjoy because it looks like you are addressing a camera that doesn't exist i'm just <laughs> very excited like, who's she talking to it's, yeah. it's a different direction. It's a little to the laptop, but a little bit like, like listener, just know, like, she is genuinely talking to you when she does that intro. I know, and that was always what I struggled with in hosting class, because, like, uh, that's actually why I prefer the podcasting and the voiceover, because I don't really like looking into a camera, like, it always weirds oh, me out. See, but and you're I'm looking like, at, whoa, now I'm doing it. How often do you have to read prompter? Um, not a lot, like, as far as, you know, in practice more so than, than actual, like, work. Because um, that, I started off being terrified of reading prompter, 
like, because I do rehearsals for yeah. our shows, and so, like, I just am fake host and just get to read the script I helped put together and go, like, hmm, nice. Cool. <laughs> that was written by somebody else. Uh, and, uh, like, but over the last kind of two years that I've done it, like, it's weird because it feels like a skill that, like, no one should have. You have to be timing, cold reading aloud, interacting with humans, ending instructive things, like, in your ear all at the same time. And then, like, once it clicks, it's the most satisfying thing because I'm, like you, I don't know, I don't want to put my eyes and just feel like weird yeah. to look at the camera. But now it looks like I am, but instead I'm nervously doing five things. Yeah, but to me, what's weird, and I guess it's because I'm a little, like, OCD and always multitasking and that somehow comforts me. When I'm looking at the prompter, I do so much better than just looking at a camera and having to look at a camera and make shit up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Which I love making shit up. Yeah, but, it's yeah. a party. So, um, what is it that you do here, Kyle? Uh, I, I, uh, tell jokes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, write for TV shows sometimes. And, uh, and I record other people's comedy records and put them out sometimes. And I do podcasts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, things like that. I cool. write all that kind of jokes. All the good stuff. And I was, like, going, every, like... Every L.A. Yeah. hyphen it you can have. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing, is in L.A., we're all just hyphenates, because, like, you have to have 12 jobs to just pay for a studio apartment here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, my, you know, and this is why I love that I have you on the podcast, because my way, you know, weird, obscure reference to Office Space, though, what is it that you do here? <laughs> I felt like we clicked at that, and with my weird Office Space poster in here. <laughs> I like the little minimalist posters, those are fun. Yeah, those are awesome. Guys, get those at Wayfair. And Wayfair, if you want to sponsor this podcast, just know that I bought a lot of stuff from you guys, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) One of those dealers are like, well, we can't pay you, but how about a pile of merch? (laughs) Which is fine. It's like, you know, as I say, guys, I like money because money pays bills. But if you also just want to send me stuff, send me stuff. (laughs) Stuff Mm -hmm. is also good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited because I think, like... Just judging, you have, I think, more toys on display than I do. So I always feel like that's a good sign. Yeah, like, you know, because, you know, I'm like, I'm a girl. And I always find, you know, I'm not bothered by it. I mean, other people, like my mom, for example, judges. But whatever, that's what moms do is what she tells me. I have a little Lego hipster town. Oh, wow, awesome. That I actually am working on trying to do some renovations to. But, like, I, for a while, was like, customizing some of the little guys so I have like a guy with a little Lego black flag t-shirt and like <laughs> just adorable. random stuff like that and and it was just supposed to be populated so I was trying to build a little tiny Portland organ of you know 2011. Yeah we used to like customize our Legos and make like weird ones like we would make a little Maynard James Keenan uh, Lego. Go. See again just like on your podcast I talked about how I made him in uh, Smackdown oh. and God, he was a funny character to me. Well, it was it was the the entirety of the statement of we used to make Maynard James Keenan in uh, SmackDown <laughs> for the PlayStation One because it says so much yeah, about it's, me. Like, like, like it, you might as well have written an autobiography in that moment <laughs> to just like so thoroughly and perfectly capture. Like, I mean, I will. I'll give you this benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Did you own Chamber Music by Cold Chamber? Yeah. Okay, okay. Then I'm right. Then I'm then, all right. That was the only spot where I was like, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. I also liked the movie The Chamber because I was in love with Chris O'Donnell. But don't worry, meeting him shattered all of that. Oh, was he a douche? <laughs> oh, big time. Boo. Yeah, just because I want to ask about Batman's nipples. I'm sorry. Me and my brother went through a whole year where we were obsessed with Batman's nipples. Because why are there nipples on the suit? And 
Chris O'Donnell said, why don't you ask Joel Schumacher that? I'm like, well, because this is an NCIS Los Angeles fucking panel. <laughs> uh, did you ask me anything about vertical limit? No, but I, I did see that one. Because I would always, I, I'm a very loyal person. If I like you and you make a bunch of bullshit movies, I'm going to I've see I've had them. that for a handful of people. I, yeah. Matthew Lillard for a while oh, I would yeah. do that with. Jenna Malone for a long time I would do that with. And uh, Jason Lee for a long time. Oh, I love Jason Lee. You know, he lives in the town I went to college in. And really? he's my Facebook friend. Huh. Yeah, he's nice. I, I have a little toy a, of him from his nice Brody. Man. Yeah. Yeah, lovely guy. He's a oddball, but, but, you know, that's why he works in Denton. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that like, makes yeah. sense. Jason Lee was one of those. I would, uh, I, who I had on my wall as a little girl was weird. I had David Duchovny and Ed Norton. Okay. And like, so yeah. Cheekbones on men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize how much they look alike. And I'm like, they really do. But yeah, like, so Ed Norton, I the good thing about Ed Norton is he used to be really selective. Which so Ed Norton was your Ed Norton? Um. So like, he, just from the start of like Primal Fear, I was okay. loving this dude. And then he did like um, Fight Club yeah. and then like Keeping the Faith. Oh, and um, Do you know what's my favorite? Oh. Most underrated Ed Norton? 25th Hour. Yeah, I agree, because this, the mirror scene is just oh, like, oh. I think about that all the time. Yeah, I literally play that video when I feel like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, a friend and I, I think, have pitched the ending Brian Cox monologue as a parody <sighs> on several sketches or projects, and it's, I have like, yeah. a bunch of like, weird, super specific, also associated with Ed Norton bits that I feel like <laughs> I'm always pitching to end or put in sketches. I've always had somebody, wanting, I want them to get kicked out of a con. Oh yeah. Point at their thing and go. See this? This means not welcome because it's <laughs> such a funny way to put a very sinister Nazi joke into a, any project. Uh, writers room uh, say no to that. Yeah, pretty I mean, consistently. Yeah, like just ask them to bite the curve. I'm like, <laughs> is it weird? I was a little turned on by that. I don't know. Like, you know, talk to a therapist maybe. But yeah, I had a 25th hour poster I got from the Blockbuster video. Hell yeah. Yeah, because I had Fight Club forever, and that poster survived a lot. And 25th hour, because I'm like, that was my man. When all the normal little girls had boy bands, I had Fox Mulder and Ed Norton. 25th hour is a like I feel like. A movie that like deceptively fucks. Oh yeah. Like, cause it's it is a movie where they even make Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of sexy over the process of oh, yeah. it. But like Rosario Dawson and Anna Paquin are both super cute in that. Like, it is such a like, like. There's no movie I've ever seen that has the tone that movie has. Yeah, cause to me it's like a little gritty, almost like like you know. Uh, you know, it's very Spike Lee, but it's almost like toned more like an HBO document. Yeah. Like, you it's, know, drama, like, like, or a like a little rescue me. Funny yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, like, it's that rescue me tone yeah. where it's just like, like, everything, everyone is furious. Why am I also giggling? It was funny. I was like trying to be like, you always compare everything to rescue me. And then I was like, nah, just say it. We <laughs> were on the same page. So I was like, yeah, no, but. it was apt. Yeah, because I love that show. Like, and I actually just recently did a full, like, rewatch of it um, because. When Dennis Leary released his, um, you know, book, I went to, like, the live talks, and I was like, yeah, and he was, you know, Peter Tolan was, you know, talk, you know, the one interviewing him. So it was fun to get, like, because I don't know about you, but Sean, you know, was my favorite character, the dump, you know, Garrity. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, and he, like, what I like is Dennis said that, too. He's like, the dumb guys were the best. Like, <laughs> the, you know what's weird to me? That show was so yeah. good, because I, my folks watched it a ton, so that was one of those shows that I osmosis saw mm-hmm. a lot of. 
that there is one thing in the entire run of that show that sticks with me and it's the most useless thing. It's when they're talking about, mm-hmm. like, dick measuring. Yes. And the one guy walks past and goes, Girth Brooks. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that specific moment of the guy walking past camera just saying Girth Brooks when they're talking about dick girth is a thing that has stuck in my head. It has replaced math. <laughs> it has replaced memories with family from long ago. Like, But that is just always almost ready to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's such a stupid thing. I'm such a child. (laughs) Come to the surface, Garth Brooks. But like that one's pretty good. Definitely one of my top ten rescue me moments. But still, my favorite bit is when ever like Sheila and Janet are like texting each other back and forth like horrible shit, and like then like one of them leaves the phone on the table. And, like, this is how they got cunt pass in on FX. Was it in Sean just picks up the phone and goes, What's a cunt? <laughs> and it's like clearly just a typo. And it's like that, whenever people do little things to skirt around, I love that. Because it's like you work, you work for that, you earn that. I heard a Morgan Murphy joke once that was uh, cut from I think the new girl or something like that. And oh, yeah. Somebody saying they're ordering a croissant and they're like, it's a croissant. Like the tea is silent. And they're like, oh, thanks. You're being a real cunt. <laughs> and I was like, what a fucking phenomenal joke. Like oh, that, yeah. that is, I was like, oh, Morgan Murphy is a genius. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, any, here's the thing. Anytime you can slip cunt into things, I love it. My, and I don't even mean that in a dirty way. My, I just think it's a fun word. My favorite reaction from comedians is not a laugh. It's when they go, <gasps> Because they're so delighted because it's going to go exactly where they want the bit to go. Like, yeah. that to me is the funniest thing. Is when you're telling somebody something funny and the comedian goes, <gasps> like, in yeah. this anticipation, like, we all know where this is going. I get to just enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's like you get that little moment of, like, oh my god, we're Somebody's going to do it right. <laughs> There's such a satisfaction that someone tells a good joke. Yeah, because, you know, sadly, these days it doesn't always happen as often as you think. And we're comedians. So we can be the crouchiest about comedy. Yeah, that's why it's like I am one of those people that when I'm here like my non-comedian friends like try to like argue about or say something about comedy, I'm like, fuck you. You no. don't know how hard it is. But I in the same vein would have shit on that person, yeah. like in a heartbeat. Oh, but I'm is, like, no, fuck you. Oh, that's a thousand times, yes. Yeah. It's like, hey, you don't get to make fun of yeah. awesome. Mm. It's like the cowboy jokes. I'm allowed to make jokes about the cowboys all I want. But any of you other fucks, no. Sorry. Yeah, you gotta earn being able yeah, to hate something. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, oh, I made a joke earlier that was one of those that I even had to like. I was like, no, that would be okay on stage, but this is how I have to put it on Twitter because I had said to my mom, "Earn" is like the N word to millennials, and then I was like, oh, that's a pretty good joke because it's like they they're easily offended by it because most of them don't think they have to earn stuff. <laughs> But I'm like, okay, but I can't say that on Twitter, but, uh, you know, because then people will be like, oh, you're diminishing the power, blah, 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 I don't know. And so I'm like, according to millennials, earn is the most offensive word, <laughs> so I kind of did it in their own, like, you know, backhanded way of how they are, <laughs> according to this. And I am a millennial, but again, I'm allowed to shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, yeah. I was like, well, I was going, where was I going with that? <laughs> it was basically just me patting myself on my back for my joke I wrote earlier. <laughs> it's always a good feeling. Yeah. I, like, don't really tweet, but, like, I think I wrote my first Twitter joke in 
four years, like at random, like a month ago, and like it came. I wrote this in like twelve thirty at night too. It was just super random. I was yeah. real stupid, and I said someone played enough, and I was like, "That's kind of fun. I'm gonna do that thing I haven't done in forever." So I like laugh when they look at my, if I ever get a job. They're like, "We gotta check his Twitter." They're like, <laughs> they're like well, "Mostly he just doesn't do anything." But also uh, that one night he thought of a kind of clever joke. <laughs> it was. Uh, I feel like most riddles are just someone poorly describing a clock. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's got face and arms and chronology. You can say those in stupid ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's the brighter side of riddles. Yep. Dun dun dun. Oh, and but now we've got a new episode because I'm like, well, we haven't even talked about what. We were gonna talk it's about it's because and and we continue to learn this. Uh, I think I even put it in the write up for the This Is Rad episode where it's like no. Lucretia might have a more pop encyclopedic pop culture knowledge than Kyle. <laughs> so it's like uh, it's almost like when they're walking through the woods and they run into Tom Bombadil and it's just like ah oh, another groovy forest wizard. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that. That's what did I tell you? I was like. I feel like my life is just like a Family Guy episode. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. There's kind of one linear plot, like, you know, area, but then there's just a lot of pop culture. It's a real axe to grind with Joaquin Phoenix. I like Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's uh, I met you at the Little Advice podcast. Yeah. And it was uh, one of those things where by the end of it, I was like, oh, did I just become best friends listening to someone talk for two hours? Dude, I, I have, like, those friendships with people I don't even know, so at least we were in the same room, yeah, because, like, in my mind, I'm, like, best friends with Adam Carolla, like, I, because like, <laughs> I'm just, like, that's on point, on point, like, come on, man, yeah, totally, like, and I, I see myself talking to myself, but he's in my ear. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we did my show last night and really realized how far we can take this to the <laughs> point where we can be this far to the episode, or not even, I actually... Sort of referenced it at one point earlier. Oh, I talked yeah. about the one maze. The but, one uh, maze, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we're talking about haunts. And you are a horror lady. Yes. Uh, I... Which is always exciting for me when I find horror people because I feel like it's, a, it's truly a secret society in this town. Because, and that was sort of the thing, is I remember, like, trying to, you know, be, you know, I'm a comic, but, you know, I want to be, like, you know, a TV host and do stuff like that, too, because, you know, you have to make money and... Um, you know, that used to be an avenue to do that. But yeah, I'm like, everybody sort of gets a niche. But I sort of had to pick something. And at the time, I love horror. And But it, they were like, oh, what do you love? It's like, I was so ashamed to say it. Because this was pre-Get Out. Yeah. And it was like, but then it's like, Get Out sort of changed the game. And I'm like, now I can fl- let my freak flag fly. Which has been fun. The only thing I don't love yeah. is when people who hate horror movies mansplain to you why they're good now. And you're like, oh. friend, please stop. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I need you to, to put that put that away. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I'll explain to you why 2004 is more important than what you have to say. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier. The wokest guys are always the biggest mansplainers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was one of my Twitter jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. it's... I mean, it's been a very exciting chunk of time for horror, and one of the things that has been fascinating is, like, so, I don't know if this is the same for you. I am a horror fan. Like, like, like I, I would say I'd be hard-pressed to decide between comedy and horror. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, like, comedy's in my bones. Like, I can't 
not like not like I'm a genius, but like I just uh, make jokes. Like that is my default thing. It's how I learn things. It's how I understand things. It's how I process the world. But like nothing gets me more excited than like any horror stuff. See, to me, they are one in the same. Oh, agreed. And, and that I'm is how your theory on this. Because yeah. I have a thought on this. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, your thought. And then, uh, horror and comedy are the only art forms where you are trying to get a non involuntary reaction out of your audience. Ooh, that's like super deep and like makes total sense. Me, I was just like, I like fucked up shit and laughing at it. Yeah, like, oh, and that's, agreed. That's sort of they do come from the same place of a coping mechanism. Agreed. And like, yeah. And yeah. So and mine that wasn't as dumb as I thought. No, it was good. Because <laughs> I, I put that all in there yeah. too. Because like I, I uh, as a kid was a very afraid kid. I was a real fraidy cat. Didn't like scary things. <laughs> oh I, man, I, I not only scared would, you. I would cover my eyes and cry on the haunted mansion. <laughs> Well, let me do you one better. I would cover my eyes and cry on Pirates of the Caribbean. Let me do you one better. I would close my eyes and cry on Splash Mountain. Oh, fucking pussy. Because, like, like <laughs> super, super Frady Cat. It oh, was insane. I would have wanted to be your friend just to torture you. Because oh. my my brother's a bit of a pussy. And so, like, we he loved horror movies, but he would be scared later. And so what would I do is this good big sister... I would scare him. Even our mom would scare him. It was fun. <laughs> and I got into horror through being a... But because I was so afraid of all that stuff, but I was a huge sci-fi fan. Yeah. And, like, you have spaceships, you have my attention, let's let's see what's going on here. And then finding... And then the other... The, I think the first foray into horror I had, where I became intrigued by the concept of horror, was our grocery store growing up had a VHS rental place in it. Remember that? When grocery oh, yeah. stores would have the video store Yeah, in our Albertsons had that was, this was yeah. an Albertsons. Oh, yeah. And uh, I would go and look at the movies while my mom was checking out, and I was obsessed with looking at the boxes for the horror movies because I hadn't seen any of them, and they all seemed so, like, menacing. And it was, like, a while before I would even, like, pick them up. And then I'd, like, pick up and, like, read the backs and look at the pictures. And I became infatuated because they became these, like, totems of this thing I know nothing about. And now, a word from our sponsors. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com. So you can get back to getting booked. And then there was like a one-two punch. Uh, I'm trying to think like the order of operations on it. Because it's like... Alien was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Because all of a sudden there's a science fiction movie and it's also scary. Yeah, Yeah, because Alien is a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it is both because it is, like, legit scary. And, you know, they mostly come at night. It is. It's just a, a, you know, the first two movies are both five-star, shut-the-fuck-up, like, masterpieces on a level that, like, oh, yeah. about once a year I'll watch each of them just be like, they're still great. I still have no problems. Yeah, I enjoy three. I think it gives think, a lot of undue yeah. hate because I love David Fincher. I wanted to be him when I was growing up. Okay. It was funny, yeah. And I have a very soft spot in my heart for Alien Resurrection because Ron Perlman's really good in it. Yep. Everything else about the movie kind Terrible. of blows. But, like, Ron <laughs> Perlman is great. Yeah, because it's like, Winona Ryder's in it. But you're like, which is insane yeah, in and of itself. I know, which who I love. Like that's you know well, when, that when someone compared me to her and Heather's the other day, best thing all day. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can die now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so it's such a funny, crazy little run. But like, uh, yeah, the, and then 
I started renting old scary movies. So I oh, yeah. like Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh yeah, the Universal Monster movies were awesome. And got into those and like Godzilla mm-hmm. and then work my and I was watching a lot of stuff on TV and the way I found a lot of my early horror movies is that, that my Saturday was uh, a very specific and curated regiment of Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons. I was mostly a Fox kid oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. You know, with, with exceptions no, no, no. of polls, but yeah, yeah that, that whole run, like, because yeah. it, it ended with X-Men. Yeah. And then I would watch WMAC Masters, because that's the closest I've been to a wrestling fan in my life, mm-hmm. was loving me some WMAC Masters. And then... You didn't make Maynard in your SmackDown game? I, I, no. We can talk this later. No. I am a I am a late life guy. Oh, yeah. This has been a weird this has been a weird journey I've been <laughs> on. It's a whole crazy side story. It's weird to find out in your when you are, you know, thirty that you fucking love ministry. And <laughs> did not know that. Like that's a weird thing. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to do that. No. But like it was such a weird shift. Cause uh, like when I was, I grew up super into like punk rock. That was me in like oh, yeah. high school stuff. I was it was like gutter punk kid. Like hung with all the street punk kids but had long hair. It was a whole thing. But like, yeah, I was punk rock in, in high school too. I thought it was so fucking was, cool. Was, I wrote like Gigi Allen on my right, Converse. See, there you go. Uh, and like going to shows was like big for me, and just like you know, has mayhem and all that was great. And the band, two bands that I hated most in the world, were The Cure and The Smiths. Really? But then they roll. <laughs> I got to college, and I went, and I got very, very sad, and all of a sudden. The Cure went from my least favorite band to maybe one of my top five favorite bands. And I also, the Smiths are also great, but like, like that Robert Smith son of a bitch really cut to the core of me. And now it's been this weird, and then I remember hearing like Bauhaus for the first time, going like, like hearing the guitar on Bela Lugosi's there, just like scratching it and making weird reverby sounds. I was like, what is this? And like, I'm still finding, like, like Finding Sisters of Mercy was a crazy thing. Oh, yeah, they have a song with my name in it. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and then, like, you know, Finding Ministry, like, I just got really into Tones on Tail. <laughs> like, just all these, like, weird, random goth things has been this, like, as an adult, my, uh, oh, and the other one was becoming a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Because yeah. I was indifferent to them in high school, oh. and then after I graduated college, I became a crazy Nine Inch Nails fan. I saw them, and they were one of the best live shows I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah, I've seen them, like, five times, but seriously, one of the darkest moments in my entire childhood, and I realize how terrible this is going to sound. When I was in fifth fucking grade, and Nine Inch Nails has been my favorite band since, like, I could appreciate music that wasn't the Spice Girls. Yeah. So, like, the year two before. Yeah. But, like, my dad being the pat, bad parent he was, had already taken us to, like, Ozfest. So Hell yeah. And, like, pretty cool. My dad like, took me to my first yeah. mosh pit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we were in the pit, and, uh, you know, not as children. We, you know, we... Well, later, and he was there um, because my dad was a rock DJ. He would expose us to his lifestyle. So we'd seen Panther. We'd gone to these pretty hardcore concerts. But my bitch of a mom. I love you, mommy, but you know, this is still one of those things I, I think about. <laughs> but, um, you know, the one listener, my mom. But, yeah, I'm in fifth grade, and she makes me do this stupid graduation thing instead of going to see Nine Inch Nails on the Fragility Tour, mm, 1999, when Danny Loner and Charlie Closure, all of them were still there. And I've never been able to see Danny and Charlie mm. with Trent. I've seen Robin, because Robin came back, came and, back. And, and, yeah, but it was just like... Mom, you took that away from me. Because The Fragile is seriously, like, the greatest fucking See, that, opus. that's the one that I've not yet fully been able to wrap my head around. You have to listen to it's, it in its yeah, entirety. It, and it's one it of those is... ones that, like... It, I imagine, like, with every other record yeah. of theirs, like, 
it, there'll be the day it clicks, and I'm like, ah, another, throw another masterpiece on the pile for Mr. Goddamn Resner. Like, and it was, like, I went through, I kind of almost went in order. Like, the, yeah. although actually it was backwards, because the thing that pulled me in, though, was Hand the Feet. Oh, yeah. Which is, I was just getting into, so poppy, and, like, and, I like it. And I was really just getting into synthesizers. Yeah. And the video is just ripped arm Trent Reznor singing and playing keyboards. Yeah. And I was like, well, this rules. I like every part of this. <laughs> And then kind of went through Pretty Hate Machine. By that time, I was kind of into, like, craft work and, like, some stuff like that. So it was sort of all, like, I think, like, Kraftwerk and Devo were becoming more oh, on my I radar. Oh, I love Devo. Devo. Ragnarok. That's one of, like, the... Everything about Ragnarok is wonderful, but, like, just the music just pulls me into, like, a, you know, a different time. Because, like, I was really into, like, Devo. Like, because Josh Freese, like, I love him and, you know... Because, again, part of the Nine Inch Nails Tool family. I didn't like... Yeah. Have, did you go to any of the Palladium shows? Uh, no. Like, I, I wanted to, but I had no money. My, my brother went to real jobs. He's like, Jesus and Mary Chain's yeah. one of my favorite bands, too. Oh, really? And yeah. so, like, like, I was kicking myself that I didn't go. Especially See, since they're, like, playing Perfect Drug now on some of the dates. Oh, did yeah. Did you see the video of the first one? I got, oh, my like, God, yeah. So emotional. <laughs> when when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a music video director. That's why I still even have... I think I maybe tried to... Fincher say, stuff, but, yeah, so. it was, like, David Fincher, Mark Romantic, because Mark Romantic did, did the um, Perfect Drug video and the Closer video. Yeah. And, like, and then the Hurt Johnny Cash version, which is cool. And so, like, I had all those, like, DVDs, the works of, like, just... Those were so cool. Yeah, Spike Jones, like, Michelle Gondry. And so, I, yeah, it was, like, oh, Perfect in, Drug and Being in Lawson. college when those DVDs came out, I feel like every kid yeah. had the Michelle Gondry short yeah. films of, like, in their room. Yeah, because that was the reason I went to film school. But then I went to film school the year that YouTube really became big, and so therefore music videos were just like, that's not yeah. going to happen, and I had to find a different I path. spent uh, all of my money on a really nice camcorder when I finished. Yeah. I was actually a film minor. I was a creative writing major. But uh, on a camera, so I could start shooting stuff three months before the 5D came out. Yeah. It's always, I feel like there's always bad time. It's yeah. Always... And that was why I got a degree in psychology instead. And that's why I do this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's like everything leads to everything else. But yeah, like, because yeah, that's the thing about Nine Inch Nails. And the funny thing about the Palladium shows and why I really wanted to go is because the first time I'd ever even flown on a plane, uh, got anywhere by myself, was in 2009. Trent said he wasn't going to tour anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I got to go fucking see that this. That tour was the only tour I saw on. Yeah. And I, you know, so I got, waited online, got ticket, two tickets, you know, you know, maybe I could sell the other one to somebody to pay for like the plane ticket. And that's sort of what happened. But it was just a weird, funny story as I got my two tickets, I, you know, flew in on the plane. I'm like 20 years old. I can't even rent a car. Luckily, my mom's company has like sales territories and like the salesman came to like pick me up at the airport, and get, you know, help me out, which... You know, it was cool, though, and, and I'm just like, that kid is just like, well, I'm interested, and so I'm wandering around Hollywood, you know, my half-brother wound up flying out, but, you know, he is, like, just con man, just like our dad, he got all his shit for free, because I was like, you've got to pay for my ticket, but I wind up selling my ticket to this Russian girl for, like, 200 bucks, which Trent said, don't scalp him, I didn't tell her 200, she said 200, and I was like, all right, so, dude, what am I going to say, and that's how much the plane ticket costs, so, I did Thanks. pretty well. But, yeah, it was, like, perfect. And I was, like, and they played the Downward Spiral all the way through. Damn. And it, and Gary Newman was the special guest. Cause what? It, uh, I know. It was, like, that's what I love about going to concerts in L.A. There's always special guests. Because, like, me and my brother saw Foo Fighters both nights when they did the Broken Leg Tour at the oh, Forum. Yeah. Stevie Nicks, fucking Jack Black, 
and Haim all the first night, and then like Perry Farrell was like the next night. It was awesome. Best one of that I've ever seen is I no. saw Bad Brains at the House of Blues and standing at the on the side of the stage the entire time, losing his mind having a time. Lil John. Oh my God, that's so good. Was... Lil John is awesome. He is actually that's what's funny about the Chappelle show sketch is the more you see Lil John, the more, the more that's he just who he actually is. Yeah, because he's a big hockey fan. Yeah, he really he, supports he, the Knights. It's he, hilarious. He's, uh, yeah, he's I've, I've uh, met him a handful of times. Yeah, it's so funny. He is just this like super chatty, friendly dude. Yeah, like, like he's real like. Just a just the chillest guy, but it's so funny. He's just like his energy is even just like really just like anyways. Hey guys, yeah. Like it's yeah. So, the, the sketch is just who Little John actually is, and that's what's so funny. Is like, did he? Is this Dave uh, predicting this, or did he know him? I like, think he had to have known yeah. him. Like, is it so spot on? I'm like, what? That's so. I just remember she was listening to him talking to somebody about like. The Vegas shows. He's like, yeah, no, like I make a lot of money, and it's really like it's a cool gig, and I like doing yeah. it. You know, yeah, I gotta walk in and go, yeah, sometimes. Like, did, did the, that's the worst yeah I've ever done. My voice all cracked at the same time. I'm sorry, <laughs> Lucretia's listeners, for having to suffer through all that. Like, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, it's not there. It's not there today. I don't know what happened. Oh God. So, but uh, yeah, it was. He dropped a yeah and uh, in full character, and then was back out of it. And I was like, oh shit, it is just the Chappelle's character. <laughs> It, and that's that's what I love about, like, it's sort of like, in a way, like, stereotypes and things like that. Don't you like being right when it's a funny thing, like, you know, like that? Like, I have a friend who's Vietnamese, and she made the joke about Asians can't drive, because she was like, hey, do you need a ride? Because, like, you know, I couldn't get an Uber or something. And then she's like, you know, are, are you too scared? And I was like, see, that's that, what's funny. And I feel like that's what that the, is. Like, the you know, motif of this episode is yeah. the, like, you know, it... You know, in the group, make all the jokes you want. Like, yeah. that's how it's. It's one of those things where it's like we're not saying that this isn't hilarious. We're just saying you yeah. don't get to be a dick. Yeah, and that, and that's to say, if it comes from a place of love, like we were talking about King of Hill, yeah. and I said, in, with King of the Hill, it, it comes from a place of love, making fun in a way of something where I grew up, and but I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it, you know, I think that you have to love something to really be able to make fun of it well. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, you know, so much of what, you know, my stand-up is me, like, getting excited about a thing and then really pointing out, like, what a nightmare it is, but just, but in, like, a fun and excited way. <laughs> uh, speaking of all that, but so, yeah. man, we're really good at tangents. I this know. Is, this is a beautiful thing. It's, yeah, because I'm like, we kind of talked about sad songs, which was one of the things we'd actually yeah, made a note, and then... But, now, uh, like, we've been talking about horror a little bit, because, yeah, like... So, Haunts is what it is. Yeah. So, I'll give you the quick skinny, and then we can keep yeah, diving like, in there. Yeah, so like, became a big horror fan. The, the last leg of the yeah. horror world of stuff that I was resistant to was Haunts. Because for years, I was like, I don't know, that's scary, and they're going to scare me, and stuff like that, and I didn't want to do them. But then <laughs> went with some friends in college to Not Scary Farm, and was sort of playing the... I mean, and I'm a cool guy, so I'm clearly not terrified about this, so let's all just not worry about the fact that I'm talking too much and kind of spacing, and I don't know, we're allowed to smoke in here, what's happening here, guys, anyway, what's going on? Uh, like, and, and then, more than anything else, like, the production design was, like, amazing. Like, I will walk through those things and just, like, look at all the crazy details, because there's so much artistry to it, and, like, the, the, I love, one of the things I like about horror is it's a very, like, textural genre. It's, a, it's very much creates the environment is very much part of it. It is part of the, you know, the storytelling and setting the tone and stuff like that. You know, it's why I'm a sucker for movies like uh, House of Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah. It's I, so I, I, I love it. 
so uh, we go through all this stuff, and at the end of the night, the coolest thing happened. My friend and I, who is another big, like, husky, beardy writer guy, uh, <laughs> we're both kind of, everybody else is like, we're going to ride rides. We're like, we're just going to keep going through mazes. Uh, I also did not realize how many mazes are full of hot goth women. I really, really feel like if they had told me that when I was younger, it would have changed. You would have gone. I would have been like, well, I should probably just check in there and make sure. Um, and uh, so that was a real game changer all of a sudden. I was like, oh, I have very different assessments of this. We're walking through this one maze there that's one of their like, kind of old classic ones where the plot is like you go to a bar and a club that's run by vampires and they kidnap people and put them in big plastic bags and drain their blood in blood farms. Sounds hot. It's real fun. Yeah. And in the blood farm room, it's all these <laughs> man- bloody mannequins hanging in giant Ziploc bags upside down you have to walk through and there's sexy vampire m- m- nurses walking through. Oh. So already, I'm exactly where I want to be. Human blood bags, ladies, mm. we're having a grand time. Walking through this thing. There's a group in front of us that are a bunch of, like, OC bros and broettes. Mm -hmm. And one of the broettes is having a meltdown. Mm -hmm. She is afraid of everything in this place. She's losing her mind. She's super scared. And what you see, this look in the eye of one of the vampire nurses who is seeing this happen and walks over and just starts following this girl. And she is terrified of this vampire girl. And we are in real time walking behind a high school vengeance where it is this blonde girl has clearly made girls like this art school girl's life difficult, all of art school girl's life. And she is now getting her revenge because, girl, you are on my element and this is where I have power and like, I am doing all this. And we are walking behind going like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then and we finally get to the end of the thing, and that girl takes off like a shot into the darkness. Her bro boyfriend runs up and goes like, babe, babe, it's just a person in a costume. That girl walks over to us afterwards, breaks character, high fives and hugs both of us. And we just had a dorks who are like love horror like moment of triumph. And it was such a like cool a moment. To see, right? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is amazing. And then from there, the next I stopped, didn't go again for a while because I was still like, that was nice, but also I'm still very afraid. And uh, my aunt was like, hey, uh, you should bail on the open mic tonight uh, when I ran the open mic at Meltdown, and uh, I'll just buy us tickets to, to uh, Universal Horror Nights. I'd never been to that. And I was like, cool, that sounds fun. I mean, you, me, going to this, assuming you're paying, but also I'm definitely not terrified to do this. But, like, she's the party aunt, and you say yes yeah. to your party aunt. And so we go to Citywalk, and she's like, look, I know we said that, but what if we got, like, kind of shit hammered at the Hard Rock and then went in? And I was like, well... You're the best. Yeah. So let's definitely do that. Always good to get him. So we're a little tipsier than we should be. So we're like, you know what we should do is just go right out the gate and ride the tram ride. We can sit and like, it'll be fine and things will run up. Because I thought it would be like Haunted Hayride where they like run up to the thing and scare you. And instead they drive you a hundred feet and then drop you off. And like, have you done Universal Horror Nights? No, because that's why what I was going to get to after you like get, uh, do your story. It's like, I don't really do Hans. So, like, because I, you know, and I have some funny stories of that, but I'm like, I've always wanted to go on our So what, what, ride, I, so. what I figured out yeah. at some point with them, because it happens to me every year at the yeah. start of haunt season, is I get very, very, like, anxious about it. And what I've realized, like, I have a crippling anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. We'll pull over to this side of it for a minute. Like, it's bad. I've been in therapy for years. I'm on all the drugs. It's uh, uh, it's led to a lot of destructive and bad, you know, things in my life. Like, I, I am afraid to go outside most of the time. 
Hey, I, uh, I don't like. I haven't. I didn't leave my house for like three days this whole weekend. It's awesome. Go. And and then, as you see, my apartment is forty year old virgin meets Patrick Bateman. If Monk lived here, it's uh, mm-hmm. and and the problem is like I, I have horrible OCD. I'm a wildly yeah. uh, terrified of the world and of people extrovert. So I still like if I don't see people, I still get sad. So it's this mm-hmm. weird, my life is just this constant nightmare of, of clashing emotions. Same. That's why I use the Monero and Juana. And See? And I have found with haunts, going through my process of going through a haunt and entering and getting startled and scared or whatever and realizing that I'm still alive afterwards and stuff like that and that, like, I can keep moving on even af- and, like, after I get through the discomfort, like, I'm having fun. Because once I get my first scare of the year, I'm, like, I'll dive into all of them forever. But, like, there's that first one is always this horrifying, anxious anticipation. Mm-hmm. And I have found that Haunts has become... Very nice. Uh, <laughs> has become this weird exposure therapy where I go through the yeah. process of, like, an anxiety attack and the thing I just read in real life and have now been able to take those, like, nervous emotions that I get for that kind of stuff and find a positive association on the other side that's really strong... So that's what this podcast is yeah. all about. And so I have found that this thing, and it's and it's why when people say they hate them and like don't, and same thing with like jump scares, people who don't like, I fucking love jump scares. Yeah, see, and I don't dislike them. I just didn't really see the value. And that was why I was like, oh, if you love them, I want to know what it is that you love about them. Because I w- wanted to go to Horror Nights just because it looks cool. There's also. But like often, like, because I, I always, the ones I had growing up were really crappy. Yeah. The the other thing about it is at once I became like a fan of them and stuff, the two yeah. levels. One is the artistic design. Like yeah. I'm a sucker for production design, so that's always amazing. Oh yeah, and that's why I'm like, ooh, because the Alice Cooper Brutal Planet one that I went I've, to when I, I was a kid was the only good one that I had ever I've been actually to. been to two separate Alice Cooper based mazes. Brutal Planet was probably the better of the two. Yeah, so I also like did the, the <laughs> Universal the first year I went had an, yeah. had an Alice Cooper maze and oh, it I was hilarious. So well, he's one of my favorite. It's a, a, a you know Killer is a, one of the gr- most underrated rock records he, of the 70s. He's basically like my dad because my dad was so obsessed with him. As you see I got the little pop and, and like so like we grew up with like we knew everything about Alice Cooper. We met him a million times. He was he's such a nice guy. My brother I even have a stand up joke that my brother had said he's like isn't it funny that Alice Cooper teaches Sunday school and Cat Stevens is a terrorist it's like because it really is like Alice you know he made a video for my dad when he couldn't go to like a concert he's just a good guy and awesome. like, yeah, so yeah, it's I, like he's the positive father figure he, in my he's life he's still on the bucket list for me to see oh like, you've never seen I've never, and, and, oh my god and, I've seen and, him like a thousand times and Alice Cooper is one of my mom's favorite like, oh, she used to go yeah. see him all the time back in the day and 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 again Taking it all the way back to yeah. the goth thing, like yeah. one of my obsessions now is like death rock, which is a real like specific subgenre mm-hmm. that's like a mix of old school punk and goth music. So it's yeah. like the best music in the world, <laughs> and uh, like he's kind of one of the forerunners. The first four or five Alice Cooper records are kind of part of what like creates yeah, the very foundation much like for that, like yeah. what death rock. Well, see, it. Alice Cooper, like, and so some people they're like, yeah, he's not the best singer, he's not the best songwriter. That's I said, not no, the point. but that's not what he does. What he does, he is a showman. He is very much like the P.T. Gothic P.T. Barnum. And what he really did for the genre is he he is the one who created Rob Zombie. He yeah. created Marilyn Manson. And it's amazing that I've seen both of them open for him. Because yep. I've seen him like a million times. Two years times. ago yeah. when they were, he was touring with Rob Zombie, I really regret not going. Yeah. It's it's, it's Orianti, who plays guitar for him now, is amazing. I'll also yeah. say this, like, I think a lot of, especially on the early, like, because yeah. there's definitely, like, 
for me, there's like phases of Alice Cooper. And yeah, there's some some, I, bad, some dark points. I cut off probably after Welcome to My Nightmare, like, but those first, you know, Welcome Killer and Desperado and that whole yeah. run early on. Like, there's a couple of songs in there that are like some of the best, just straight up like songwriting in the seventies. Teenage Lament '76 or whatever yeah. is is '76 or '78 doesn't matter, but like yeah. that mm-hmm. song is amazing. Like, that's, I would put that on the same level as, like, you know, like, the last, like, big star songs at that time of, like, mm-hmm. underappreciated pieces. And then I'd say the same thing about fucking Be My Lover is, like, probably oh, my yeah. ten favorite songs of all time. Oh, and the yeah. lyrics of that song are fucking glorious. Yeah, like, and that's the thing, is, like, he doesn't have all just, because, like, look, I mean, if you're thinking about Man Behind the Mask, which I love that song, but it is cheesy, poppy so, crap. It's great. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, like, it's like you love it because it's it's so bad it's good. And that's what it was intended for. That whole movie is tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And that's why it's the greatest, right? At the 13th Part 6, if you haven't heard me say that a thousand uh, times. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, you know. That it's is an the, airtight movie. But, yeah. You shot, shot, oh, yeah. Me on I'm like, Maybe that does move further in my life. Yeah. Now, I'm at, now I'm at the point I'm like, is it better than four? It is. Because it's, I go, to me, six and four, like, but so close. See, like, but see, the problem I'm is. I'm much more of the cheeky. I, I also have a wildly unfair thing that where, like, for me, like, my favorite, not the one I think is the best, my favorite is three. Oh, yeah. Well, see, my toy is from three. I have the 3D. I used to have, like, the, you know, hologram out, but, like, I couldn't. I, was, I, I was on a horror trivia team yeah. with, with uh, Shelly. Oh yeah, and and uh, it took me half the thing before I realized that we were sitting with Larry Zerner because now he just looks like a nice old man. Yeah, uh, just like a fun old lawyer. Uh, but uh, at some point, I had to just uh, like pretend like I hadn't just gone. <gasps> like, <laughs> have you played the game? Like, Shelly's even in the game. Like, I, I bought my brother it for Christmas, but I'm like, man, no. I got it for free through PS Plus in October, oh, nice. yeah. but I have not played it yet. Yeah. Playing online gives me a lot of Yeah, I don't anxiety. like the online. I'm not an online and man. If you get like there's a non online oh, there version, is? which oh, is nice just, now. Okay. You can just it's you can just, just you go around killing computers getting murdered. Or or no you can be Jason and oh. kill people. Like that's that's why I want to play it because I'm like fuck all the campers. Except I like Tommy and I like Tina. But the rest of them, yeah fuck them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. That's part of the fun of it. Yeah. I would say maybe uh, that guy and his girlfriend who live in a van and he gets murdered in the porta potty. I like oh, them. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. They, yeah, they're they, fun. They, they seem like they're, they're just nice to that young boy. Yeah. I know there's a few, like, Friday the 13th as a rule would kill, like, the, the obnoxious people, but then sometimes you're like, oh man, I kind of like that. But then, yeah, guy. sometimes they kill, you know, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Kristen Glover, and you're just like, oh man. Yeah, because his character was one of my favorites. I'm trying to remember. The does, little dance does, does he, he does. Oh, oh my oh. God. It's the best. Crispin Glover is like one of the funniest human beings on the planet. To talk to Glenn Morgan about him is like really one of the most surreal moments I've ever had in my That's, life. Oh, man. And now a word from our sponsors. Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Good Beer. It's good. But uh, as far as the haunts go, once I was able to get over that, it truly yeah. became this thing of like, there's an artistry to them and there's like and it's kind of a like small collection of people who really go like because there's like the home haunts and by the way there's a documentary i would say called american scream that is about three home haunters that is maybe one of the most heart like like heartwarming things i've ever seen (laughs) and one of the groups made me want to have children like that doc was partially because the guy who's like the really intense about it guy, his daughter's like super into Halloween and Aww. super into working on the thing with him. And I was like, like, she's just like in her like 
pumpkin, like the jack o' lantern shirt, like hammering shit with her dad. I was like, I've never wanted oh, like this is so cute. My my ovaries lit up, and I just yeah. started to hover and shake in place like a David Cronenberg monster. Like it was amazing, and so really starting to appreciate that and kind of seeing some of the the subculture behind it and uh there's two haunt conventions in la there's one called scare la and one yep. midsummer scream and i've been mm-hmm. to both of those they're both super fun and the mini haunts there was neat to see it's almost like a dog show like you're watching these like haunt private haunt people yeah. like showcasing their wares and stuff like that's uh, the first time i ever tried uh they have the haunts one of the new tricks a lot of haunts have had that's a new hip thing is they give you these flashlights that are rf controlled so they change Ew. as you go through the maze. That's cool. So you enter one hallway and all of a sudden your like, flashlight stops working. You're just trapped in the dark. And then they can turn it on whenever they want. So all of a sudden the light comes on and there's somebody in front of you and you're scared. Like there's neat. And like I demoed that for the first time there. And it was weird a few years ago. Like a few years after that I would like start seeing that in every place. Like has their version of that. And so it's like kind of clever with some of that kind of stuff. And also like I am obsessed with fog machines. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I always like to go check out, like, I have a Chevette Hurricane, and it's one of the proudest <laughs> things I own. I love that you know the name. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a video online I could show you later that is no. somebody comparing a regular Party City fog machine to a Chevette Hurricane, mm-hmm. and it's... See, to, to me, <laughs> Chevette is a car, but that's because I grew up in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, like, my dad was a DJ, but, like, the fog machine wasn't really part of his act. So more of a live yeah. DJ setup, but it's yeah. like even when I shoot and stuff like that, like it is always. Anytime I've used it at Meltdown, it would just fill the entire room immediately, and I have like the long staying fog for it. So it's just because that's the hot setup stuff, and I just think it's fun. But like and like so for me every year that the uh, Midsummer Screams usually when I go to it's in mid to late August, and basically the day I go to that is the day Halloween season starts for me. Halloween like, season starts like November first. Sorry, guys, it's all the time. I usually no. do a little bit of a detox because I'll have just done three straight months of nonstop horror, yeah. and so then it's like so. By I actually we're about due. I would say right now I'm in my Indonesian uh, violence movies period. Yeah. Like uh, I just I'm that's I'm, a January I'm, thing. I'm halfway through. Oh, I was late to the raid party. <laughs> and it's the best movie ever. The, the raid party, not the rape party, guys. You know. Raid, R A I D. Yeah, you know we have to do clarifications. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and like, like, so that movie broke my brain because it's like I love kung fu movies, but oh, I yeah. also love uh, like pornographic violence of yeah. horror movies, and those movies got it. So that new. Uh, the Night Comes for Us on Netflix is basically The Raid 3. Ooh, I want to watch it. And it is. Because I like The Raid. There's a couple of, like, there's a kill in it at one point that I literally made someone come into the room and watch it again mm-hmm. because I was like, I didn't even know there were still new ways for to shock me. And do you laugh when it's, Love. or and, be, and like cheer? Because people don't like going to the movies to see horror movies with me. That's why sometimes I can't just, I mean, I have to go by myself because... I laugh, I cheer. I mean, I'm very animated. That's why I love going to horror movies in the theater because That's you know I want it to be an experience. Taking yeah. like, like like finding horror movie specific friends was yeah. such a big thing because you can go and do those things yeah and i think that's why i haven't done the haunts because as i was saying like that's why i was glad you wanted to talk about that because what i'm finding in this uh podcast in the last few is more like people changing me which you know i'm making it my own therapy this is but in and the haunts were something that growing up 
the funny thing was, we, we would have a little crappy one at the fair in September, and uh, what was cute about that is we're going, and my brother's very small at the time, probably only like five or six. This is your kind of a pussy brother. Yeah. But, you know, uh, this is where he has a very heroic moment. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so like, ooh, I like layers. Yeah, it was like, ooh, twist. Because, yeah, like, we're going through the um, haunted house, and at the very end, you know, it's like a fair one on the little track, so most of it's not really, you know, people, oh, yeah. it's all these other things. But at the very end, a guy jumps out and scares you. My little brother hops up, tiny little kid, and just punches him in the face. <laughs> Texas, where you have two choices of haunted houses during Halloween. You have your JCs, which is like cheap crap, but at least like horror themed, yeah. but like clearly just store bought costumes, no Christian nuance ones. whatsoever. Yeah, and then the Christian there's, ones, the Hell House. The, there's a great documentary about yeah. Hell House too that has one of the funniest moments where it's them building the Hell House, yeah. and one guy's like, "I think I'm doing the stars wrong." And they're like, "Pentagrams have five points." He's just made a bunch of Jewish stars oh to put on the God. wall in the same room. I was like, "This is the funniest thing." And that's certainly so much what they would do. Mm-hmm. You see them, like, like we're, we're being filmed, so we should get rid of these. Yep. Like, yeah, it's those things are insane. Yeah, because it would be like this room. Like, into some things, I'm like, look, I have no problem with the don't drink and drive ones. I will make fun of that, but, you know, it's like those, okay. Like, that is something. And I do think we should have more of that for kids. Like, this is what happens if you shoot heroin or, like, drink and drive. I'm like, I have no problem with those. But they should make just, Requiem for a Dream, the rainy day schedule oh, yeah. movie at schools. To me, Strangeland with Dee Snyder, if you ever huh? seen that, Jim. And uh, Requiem Captain for a Dream. Whoopi? Uh, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, because uh, I, I know it was supposed to be like Captain Howdy. It's not Captain, because that's Yeah, the, I know, from uh, The Exorcist. But, but I it's think, something insane yeah. like that. Like, like that. I was like, yeah. Because I'm like, that movie and Requiem for a Dream should be shown to kids. And then people aren't going to talk to strangers online or do heroin. Like, it's that simple. I'm like, show people these movies. Enough said. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm like, that's all you could do for these haunts. But yeah, like, the funnier things is when it was like, witchcraft. Like, oh, how dare you do witchcraft. Um, or like, an abortion. Like, because there were weird, like, the witchcraft one, you're like, is this a problem? Because I remember being the only kid who was into that. Like, but that may have been how the Mazios burned down. I don't know. To this day, I still think it did it. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh... Shouldn't put pepperoni under the cheese. In the abortion one, yeah. did it have the part where the doctor's gonna rape her while she's unconscious? Because I know nope. that's a big part of the Hell House <laughs> nope. often once. <laughs> well, so that, Not that, only am I gonna kill a baby, but also I'm a rapist. Like, it's like, like... You know, Jesus layers. Like, 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 like an SVU episode. Like, it's one thing, yes, but then it goes way another... another yeah, it's like, whoa. It's like, nah, he didn't just rape her. He killed her now. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, no, no, it's no. a whole, like, insane thing. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's really taking it a step too far, I guess. You know? <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty like dark. All the steps are pretty far, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know... Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, I get it. We, you know, abortion. But now, now they've, they've just added a layer after layer after layer of this on, yeah. But yeah, so the, we had those, and we're just like, this sucks. Like, and and to me, I when we saw Brutal Planet, we were like, oh, this is what like Alice Cooper does. We didn't think that here, though. I noticed you have not Scary Farm. You have these well, not Scary Farm's the yeah. original one. Yeah, they were the uh, like maybe.
maybe there's a whole documentary on, on YouTube. Maybe I watched the whole thing. Maybe I got a little misty-eyed at the part where there's a year where Wolfman Jack hosts, dresses Dracula, Aww. like, doing speeches. I was like, every part of this is affecting me differently. <laughs> but, like, uh, like they, they were the first ones to really, like, do it at that kind of, like, scale and really kind of set the tone for what, like, a standard haunt setup is. And then other places kind of started doing it in that same kind of way. And it and it's weird because, like, they started in the late 70s. But, like, through the 70s and 80s, it was basically just, like, a couple spooky characters and, like, one maze. And then, like, in the 90s, it started to expand a little bit. Especially because, like, Universal really got into it in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. And Universal was like, well, we have the rights to movies. So we can put movie characters in yeah. these things. And then, and that's kind of become this weird split now, especially, like, in L.A. is mostly what I know just because these are the two haunts we have. And they are two of the biggest, you know, haunts that get a ton of press. And I do both every year, although, like, Universal keeps trying to price me out because it is... Yeah, that's why I've never been is because it's just so expensive. So expensive. And October is a month and, I don't have any money always. And, and Knott's is similar. The problem, too, is, like, and I'll tell you this because I feel like there might be a trip to a haunt together sometime. Oh, yeah. I do go VIP ticket every time. You can't, Once you do it, you can't go back. Yeah, and, and that's what I've been told, too. And that's why Universal prices you out because it's like, they're like, no, like, the lines are too long. And I hate lines. Like, yeah. Like, that is my anxiety. And two, because I don't like wasting time. Now that we have phones and I can listen to stuff, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. But but I've also been press, and that's that's the only... I did go I've to... I've had press pass once. Yeah, Horror Made Here with WB last year. Yeah. Not this year when they had fucking Fangoria. But yeah, like, and I... So I did get to go to that one. And it was cool, but it was sort of the same. The one thing I thought that WB did well, that, that first... To me, it almost seemed like it was their first year, but apparently it wasn't. Because it seemed like they didn't know what they were going. Yeah. But the the whatever happened to Baby Jane thing, did you see that? I did not. Oh, well, it was legit terrifying. Okay, like, that sounds And awesome. I was like, that was cool because it was like, oh, you're just seeing, like, the characters from that movie, like, in the wheelchair. And you're like, this, because I, I wasn't expecting it. That's why I was like, oh, did, and, and, and I actually had some good actors playing yeah. them. So it was like, oh, okay. Those are like, tricky. All, yeah. all those are such clutch things. And that's, this last year, I feel like both Knott's and Universal were interesting because I feel like they were both solid, like nothing at either. Like I think I liked Knots more, but like neither of them had like a full tilt swing for the fences, like yeah. all star. Like in the last few years, the two of them have really been going back and forth. The original Halloween maze they did a few years ago for the first Halloween is like still maybe the best maze I've ever been through, <laughs> and the way they utilized elements of the movie were brilliant because like. The, you know, the scene with the sheets hanging, you know, line drawing. And so you're walking through, like, just a hallway full of sheets blowing from a wind machine, and Michael is just wandering through them with oh, you. Oh, wow. And you get, like, beautifully executed pieces like that. And they would just put them in really surprising spots where, like, you'd be looking at the hedge, you know, where he steps behind, because you're surrounded by hedges, but then he'll just pop up over one of the hedges, like, nearer to you than where you're looking. And the whole science of it for either maze, like, a good maze is distract and attack is basically the setup. It's like you are building something that seems like it would be where something's going to come from and then surprise them with something from a different situation. And it's the psychology of it. Like, I'm obsessed with, like, human behavioral psychology. Like, it's yeah, just it's... one of those, like, weird armchair things that I just, like, think is really interesting. I don't know. That's why I wound up with a master's degree it's... in crippling debt. I was uh, so close to going down that road. Yeah. Like, and I think that, like, looking at some of that stuff like there's so many weird moving parts to a haunt once you get past the simplicity of what it is that 
really is fun to appreciate that the way at which different mazes utilize their production design, the way they utilize their actors, the way they utilize technology, the way they utilize the psychology of where you're looking, the way they utilize your understanding of the rules of whatever mythology you are in there and how that will affect how they can distract or surprise or scare you. Yeah, and too, like, and the way you're talking about this makes me interested in it because, like, you know, when I went to the WB one, it was kind of disappointing because they had a lot of material to work with. It was like, and, you know, it and things had come out, and you had know, you they have the, did they have the Nebel house there? They did, but nothing was really going on there. It's, that was like, yeah, the I did the promo one, for, yeah, because like it is maybe the most excited I've been for yeah. a movie. I'm obsessed with Stephen King, oh, yeah, and I and that's Surprise. one of my favorites as a kid because I was in love with Seth Green. It's uh, it's the for original TV movie scared the scared me off of showering for a while, yeah, uh, but the. You know, I laughed when that first one came out. I was like, guys, you understand, like, this is my Star Wars. So, like, I understand. <laughs> it's why I can't make fun of you guys when you're excited because you just don't think I love this more than anything oh, yeah. instead. And, and then when it's it was Alexander's good, was little brother like, is Pennywise. Oh, oh it's, that uh, was weird. It's so good. The, oh, I love that movie. But So, we did the Kneebold House, and it was a cool experience. The only thing I feel like is, like, some haunts lean a little heavy on automated things. Yeah. And I think it's, like, efficient, but, like, mazes are also a lot about timing. And I'm not even somebody who's like, we need to be the only people going through there, which is cool. Sometimes it's too much. Yeah. Because sometimes, for me, it's the, like, social experience being with you and other people around you. Yeah. It sucks when it's just, like, a human centipede running through the whole thing. <laughs> like, where it yeah. just never stops, because that's not... The best way to go through, but I like especially the, the when your like mouth crawl. is like you know attached so to someone's ass. Like it's just like look, yeah. some of us don't mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you eat ass. <laughs> this is the podcast world about eating ass. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, just, uh, just listening to Mrs. Brightside. This is the bright side of eating ass. That's a, I'd like to think that that's like your trick. It's just like she always gets her guests to talk about whether they eat ass or not. Yeah. But uh, I think one of the best examples this last year just be, and it, you could tell that like was a maze that they like knew they had to not fuck up and <laughs> they did a spectacular job with it, which was, was Stranger Things maze at Universal was probably the standout for me this past year from Universal like the probably the top two for me were that and Poltergeist oh yeah and like the Poltergeist one if you liked the movie it was just glorious because they nailed oh. everything it, it felt like you were in the movie so much. Yeah, because I saw pictures from those, and I was like, oh, this looks cool, and I can at least appreciate the, the set design from the photos. Not that yeah. I watch these on my iPad in the morning when I'm depressed, but there are often video walkthroughs of all the mazes so you can get a feel for what they look like. That's what I always try to do when I'm at cons, because I feel like I should. I'm like, oh, shouldn't I like video these for other people? So I did some like the doozy stuff. So I guess, oh, people do yeah. watch those. I was like, but, yeah, I uh, like, yeah. But the, the Strange Things one was interesting, because it was in a soundstage they don't normally normally used. There was no outside decorations. You were just in like a black hole and then you went into like a black unmarked building inside the soundstage. And the only thing they did that was really effective though is they went back and forth between playing the the score, but really they played the score inside the maze. What they played outside was just 80s rock. Oh, that's and cool. And so about every third song was Rocky Like a Hurricane. Yeah. It was like Jenny Jones, like all the songs they used in that season. Yeah. I had a complicated relationship with Stranger Things like that has uh, you know, I watched it and enjoyed it but then the amount of explosion it got it I got a little bit like okay slow I, I, down yeah I was in the same boat that's why I even came to it later because I was like this does seem like something I'll enjoy but everyone loving it this much seems no, like I don't want to be disappointing and and yeah. then 
I kind of skipped out on season two. I went through that maze, and the maze was so good yeah. it made me like the show again and go watch the second season. It also helps that, like, yeah. did you watch Castle Rock? No, but I wanted to. I feel Here's ashamed that me, I haven't. Let me do you a favor. Okay. Don't. Okay. It's awful. And like, it's so that, bad. Stephen like, King stuff is hit or miss. I used like, to because I used to be like, oh my god, like like Strange Things does have a because it has a Stephen King. Yeah, feel. very much so. It's a little soft. Yeah. And actually, that was one of the things I kind of liked about the second season of Strange Things. Watch it. It's a little darker than the first season. Yeah, I, and I didn't understand the complaints about the second season mostly because I referred to Hop as the sexy sheriff, and there was just a lot of just him being all sad and broody. Yeah. And I, you know, I dig that. He's, so. he's my favorite. I, think. I know. It's like, oh, I'm so excited for him as Hellboy, even though oh, I yeah. love Ron Perlman. But I'm the type of person. It's like, guys, we can love both. We also you can it, love Roger and you can love Trevor as Todd. It's it's. Uh, what if Hellboy became the new James Bond? And just yeah. every couple of years, we get a different Hellboy. We just find who's the next big Josh Craggly face man. We paint him rest, and we uh, get another underrated director who really needs a push. I'm getting emotional because this is what I've always just ever wanted in this world: was for Hellboy to become James Bond, yeah. and we just get a different Hellboy. When like I'm, I hate that I haven't played him in Injustice Two yet. I bought him. He's great. The turtles are good too. I had to have a life. It's unfortunate. Like. The first Hellboy was a weird experience in theaters for me because I was because it was the same summer X two came out oh, and about two thirds yeah. into Hellboy I was like do I like this movie more than X two and I was a crazy X Men fan yeah, I, I was like this is the best X- movies X-1 can get prob- X one is maybe the most excited I'd ever been yeah. for a piece of pop I was I oh, was yeah. more we, excited for we went X- opening day I, I went opening oh, yeah. night and then the next morning I went again <laughs> yeah because here's the thing. That little man named Hugh Jackman as Wolverine changed my life. Like it, it was so beautiful because, like, to see, just to me, that was like really one of the first examples to see some piece of art I'd grown up with done so perfectly well with and and done in a different way. Even though he's totally yeah. wrong for the part, he still nails it. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like this dancing, dancing Broadway guy Who's is the six perfect. Feet Six foot two. Yeah. Who's supposed to be playing a guy who's like five one? Yeah, because that's what's so funny is like people don't realize Wolverine's supposed to be a little guy. Yeah. Yeah, but you know he's just way prettier in the movies. Like it, like all people should be. Like it's like no, I'm sorry. <laughs> like if you're gonna have superheroes, Chris Hemsworth, guys. <laughs> sorry. It's uh, it, yeah, yeah. That was that was one of like I remember watching the original trailer of that soundless on a on a win amp. That I had downloaded for two hours using our like landline, you know, pre DSL internet, just so I could scrub through it and individually look at the costumes, like and get a feel for what it's gonna look like. That is like more than Star Wars, like more than anything else that has come since. Like I think it's like maybe it might be the next thing I was that excited about because I was like, holy shit, they're gonna make like. They're going to actually do it. Like, they're going to make yeah. an R-rated movie where in the first four minutes, a little boy's arm gets torn off. Yeah. Like, did you see Hereditaries? I did. I see, sure did. It's like, I love any movie that's just like, yep, we're going to fucking kill kids. Yep. Like, and I was just, because the thing about Hereditary is it makes you so uncomfortable, especially if you come from, like, families with mental yeah. illness, which apparently everyone does. 
And so it's so relatable. But that's why I was like, Hereditary is to me one of the only truly scary movies to me. Because I'm not afraid of movies as a rule. But I'm like, no, that shit's real. Like, that's why I love the stupid ending. Because I'm like, oh, wait, now I don't have to feel feelings anymore. I can just laugh. Oh, see, I, yeah. I love that ending. It is crazy yeah. to me, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. You know what's weird. a little crazy about Hereditary, though? Is yeah. it and The Witch are basically the same movie? See, I haven't seen The Witch because I didn't, like... There was a brief period where I really wasn't watching a lot of horror because I'd been so jaded by what mm. I'd seen. And so, like, but I've come oh, to A24 later. Okay, yeah. I should put together a little list Ew, for Yeah, it. I was like, there's, send there's, me some lists, I'll do some it. Because there's, and it's, I love it. I also love yeah. horror because, like, I love all types of movies. Sometimes I want to see yeah. a big, crazy epic, but also sometimes I love, like, just something that's, like, quick and dirty and small. And so it's like, we live in a world where, like, we got Hereditary in the last few years. We've also gotten The Autopsy of Dane, Jane Doe and Last Shift. And, like, both of those movies are probably the two movies that have scared me the most of oh. any movie in the last few years. And, like, but there's other movies, like, It Follows, like, broke my brain. Yeah, I've heard good things it, about that. It, I know a lot of people hate it, and the yeah. people who hate it are too dumb to understand and, that it's And that, right. that was what I was going to get at. The people I know that don't like it don't always have the best taste, so that usually means a plus in my book. You know, because it's like, oh, it's supposed to follow the rules. It's like, oh, it's cool, but, like, the reason you don't like it is because the ghost can kill you no matter what. Like, yeah. that's the point of the movie is what upset you. Speaking of ghosts, one of my favorite, like, horror By the way, movies... I'm terrified of ghosts in oh, real life. Well, um, this place is probably haunted, like, Rick James died on this property and Corey Haim, and, and that was a plus for me. Cause I am I'm also weird. a fan of ghost cocaine, though. Oh. So I think I'll be all right. I know. I'm like, I'm down for some ghost cocaine. Um, if anyone's listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a Ouija board who's holding. I, I need to buy a Ouija board because we still have like an empty pool on the property. Uh, and that is just like ideal for like, you know, some shit. And, uh, I've met some people who are re- also really into that. So if you ever want to come to the Ouija board, talk to Curry Ames. There you go. Part, uh, uh, Charlie Sheen really raped him party like you know Jesus I'm, Christ I'm like guys this is a, it, this is real investigative journalism from beyond the grave <laughs> like but um yeah where was I going with this oh ghosts 13 ghosts I love that movie because Lillard is in it real, I know and I'm like and nobody's really seen it 13 ghosts a movie that feels it's got Similar in vain to, but not quite at the same level as like Event Horizon. Because I, yeah. I think Event Horizon is one of the best horror movies in the Oh, it's fine. I think it's one of the yeah. most underrated. It scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Because the man who got me safe through Jurassic Park is now naked and eyeless and killing people. Mm-hmm. Like, but, uh... And then you had the fly. And the lady from Blue Velvet. Like, yeah. it's, and, and really, before, like, like his Ben Horizon was after, but before Jurassic Park, Samuel was Adult Damien in Omen 3. Oh, so it was yeah. literally Grundlefly, Adult Damien, and the girl from Blue Velvet. And it's like, let's put them in a dinosaur park. <laughs> like, that's insane. But, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I was, I was making a point here. Yeah. Ghosts. Ghosts, 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. Oh, I wish you saw a little more of the insane production design on those ghosts. Because they're so well designed. And that was was what I always loved about the movie. Is like these individual ghosts and their stories. That's the kind of movie I want to make. I wish there was a director's cut that had more of that stuff. Yeah, like, because, yeah, who's the director? Because, yeah, we'll look at He directed something else that's in that. I think he might have directed, like, the remake of uh, The Haunting of... Uh, House on Haunted Hill or something. Yeah, because like I'm like, ooh, because yeah. I'm oh like, no, he made Ghost Ship. Oh yeah, which is pretty. Decent. The yeah. opening where like the, I love the, Juliana Margulies actually. So 
I was when I was student teaching in South Central. One of the greatest quotes I ever heard from a group of students was one girl was turned to her friends and was like, "Yo, you ever see Ghost Ship? That was a good ass movie." <laughs> like, and I just like that's one of my favorite like, moments ever. You ever seen Ghost Ship? That good ass movie. Like, like just just the 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 the, the flow of it, the <laughs> sentiment, just every part of it made me so happy. That it's just like, you ever seen Ghost Ship? That's a good ass movie. Like she just remembered Ghost Ship and how much she liked it. See, that's what I love because like you also have weird references of your life, and I feel. Like, I like other people that have those because in my latest podcast about astrology that I released for this one, the a description is an inside joke that just me and my brother get that my dad once said I was into spirituality in the 90s. Like, just out of the blue. Like, like in like a casual way, like, I was into spirituality in the 90s and we thought this was the funniest thing because who the that fuck says that? And like that was what I was like, yeah, like like my dad in the 90s, I that's, get into spirituality. That's going to be your opening like line to your like, you know, 90s indie style movie where like over black somebody says that and it just cuts to you reacting to that person. <laughs> yep. I was into spirituality in the 90s. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, chakras, all that, I was way down. Yeah, you, you were spot on. Steve Beck, Ghost Ship, 13 Ghosts, all he ever directed. Yeah, I knew it because both movies yeah. he made had ghosts in the title. Yeah, and, like, they have a similar feel in yeah. a good way. Like, yeah. you know, you're like, it's it's a style. You know, not just Tim Burton, guys. Like, other people have cool styles, too. And, like, Tarantino, you know. But, you know, people don't always acknowledge these smaller directors. Yeah. You know, feel like, you know. You know what I mean? A couple of those are some of my favorites. Like, I love, yeah. love me some David Lynch. Love me some oh, David yeah. Cronenberg. Yeah, look at this house. All the David Lynch scrap. That, that's that been another exciting one to find because I feel like there was a while there where, like, David Lynch was kind of a dirty word if you liked him. Oh, yeah. was like, all right, weirdo, get a job, mm. hippie. And, like, now it's everybody's like, no, I secretly do wish the world was like this. Yeah. I know. Like, it's funny. That was, like, one of the main things that I wanted to do here was, like, take a David Lynch tour. And I've always, like, I've done... Do they do one? No, I just oh. thought about just doing it myself and one with my other nerd friends because oh, there's like the Bob's, Bob's Big, Big Boys Boy. right there. And then Mall. Every time I used to drive down Mulholland Drive, I'm like, "There's nothing." Movie. <laughs> yeah, but I did forget to mention how awesome Tony Shalhoub is in Thirteen Ghosts. Yes, but yeah, but yeah. Is that he, Shannon Elizabeth's like last big role too? Yeah. Like after that, they were like, maybe it's not working out. Yeah. Which it's is sad. It's a bummer. Yeah. Like she seemed she like she was having fun. Yeah, I was like. Or no, I guess maybe she was in Jane's on the Bob after that. Yeah. Which, amazing film. Like, I do so many little, like, things from that movie. Fictional characters. <laughs> like, like just little one-liners. And it's like, I, I love that. That, that. Everything about Jane Silent Bob is... So many people hate that. And Mallrats sometimes. And I'm like, no, those are the perfect ones. Because they're all just little references. Yeah. I, I do think, like, on a long enough timeline, like, Mallrats will be the... the a universe movie that like stands the test of time and I think no that's one saw that's my it favorite ever. and I had it on VHS and my cat had even messed up like the box so like I was still would carry around my tape I uh I was talking to somebody this is maybe too dark yeah. but like I have a conspiracy theory <laughs> that I think Sony murdered Stanley so that their Stanley cameo in Into the Spider-Verse would feel poignant instead of terrible like all the other Stanley cameos so I think they literally like, we're just like, well, now that you've finished recording your dialogue for that scene, that was great, Stan. Also, sleep now, sweet prince. Or <laughs> or my much darker version, they break his neck and just go, Jack says hello, from, or says hi from hell. Like, just because I like the idea of just the angry Jack Kirby who's become a prince yep. of hell. Because yeah. um, it's just fourth world. 
And uh, Prince of Hell, like in um, or King of Hell, is in Supernatural. No, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but that I think that the only other time that Stanley has like made me feel emotional is when he's talking to Brody in the mall. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I just still, like, and I love, like, just what, uh, you know, a, a pussy hound, like, Stanley talks about being, like, that's where the fuck, Jagger like, me and Mick Jagger were, like, I think I was ahead last time I checked, like, what like, a dumb joke. Like, it, but that's my love, is, like, but, but that's so what you would expect, and that that's why, and he's like, yeah, I just gave him the, you know, love be a vulture tonight, like, story, and it's like, Brody. How did you not put that together? <laughs> it's the one thing that doesn't hang together in that movie. Yeah. But, uh... But, yeah, like, every time I'm on an escalator, I think about Brody. Every time I'm looking over here, my little escalator. Yeah, I know. It's, uh... Yeah, it's so... Did you ever Chasing Dogma? Yeah. Where they, like, cribbed a bunch of that stuff? It's funny to me just, like, watching that and and strike back, back and forth. Because it's just... Like, it's funny to see how much Will Ferrell changed that character. (laughs) Yeah, because what's funny about, like, Federal Marshal Will and Holly is the best character in that movie. And literally, this is full of all of my favorite characters because I love that crap so much. Like, some of the few DVDs I have left. Gus Van Sant might be the best character in that movie. Or Wes Craven. Oh, yeah. I'm busy. What a a mensch to do that cameo. Because it's a very mean joke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is so funny though. It's like, oh, man, I'm busy. Well, you guys want to shit all over the movie I directed? Yeah. But also, you want me in it, Nip. and also to call me a sellout in the process? All right, I guess I'm about to make elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Gus Van Zant's Psycho is one of those things that everyone hates, but me. I'm like, no, guys, it is the best comedy I have ever seen. You know, because Vince Vaughn and is so funny in it. Because I have a serious ladywood for Vince Vaughn and always have. I've never been able to explain it, but the man is hysterical. And then I'll get back to Will and Holly. But yeah, I, I do secretly love um, that psycho because it's. I love things that are so bad they're good. Because like, I love like Stallone movies and crap. It, it's a fascinating movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, I suppose if I have to say like a nice thing about it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, would, I know. Everyone else I would it. say I'm always happy when Julianne Moore gets acting work. <laughs> see that's being the bright side of it but yeah yeah, here's the thing get really stoned watch it as a comedy that's what i tell people if you don't like a movie watch it as a comedy yeah like you have to yeah if you shift a genre on a movie Mm -hmm. like uh i am obsessed with the mighty ducks too yeah but because i see it as a as a surrealist uh Mm -hmm. dreamscape not only a david lynch film yeah and if you watch the mighty ducks too under that thought process you're like is this the greatest movie ever made? The answer is no, but almost. Yeah. And, and that's where you just sort of have to get. I feel like I need to watch Mighty Ducks too because I'm like, I don't even remember anything except that they were going against Iceland. Yeah. Like, that was literally it. And I'm like, and I love hockey, so that's not a good thing about it. it I'm like, it's cause, truly oh. insane. Yeah, because Mighty Ducks 1 showed the, you know, first and only appearance of Mike Madonna's acting career when he, you know, skates up and he's like, I heard you were a farmer. Best line of the whole fucking <laughs> The greatest American hockey player, everybody. <laughs> yep. First and only line in a movie. He, but he was pretty enough. He could have done movies after hockey. But and when Is, he dropped him off that stretcher. Sorry, these are, are we like weird five Stratadam? Hockey mm-hmm. player from Mighty Ducks. From... Where were we before that? Um... 
we got on Mighty Ducks from Gus Van Zandt Psycho, Psycho. Which from Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, to Will and Hobbit. Okay, so yeah. we went four. Yeah. I just want people at home to understand what yeah. they just observed there is that we, we leapfrogged four references into four separate conversations. Wow. That was pretty impressive. Magical. But, like, I, I don't feel like I've ever expressed the true amount of love I have for Federal Marshal Will and Holly as a character on this podcast. But... One of the greatest cinematic moments of all time, yes, sweeping declaration, guys, is when he is reading the post that Jay wrote. Oh, yes. In the way that he reads it, you are the ones who are ball lickers. <laughs> like, you are yeah. the ones who are the ball lickers. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck your mothers while I'm watching. <laughs> like, like, it's just the dramatic reading that he does of this is just like, yep. This is this is why we we just throw money at Will Ferrell. We're like, yep, yep. The, the Good moment day, where sir. he's just like, that was them, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it's yeah. So <laughs> well timed. Yep. Yeah. And I love that Judd Nelson is the sheriff and just uh, has the most disgusting line yeah. in the movie. Is just like, let's go and corner ourselves in front. Like it's like, whoa, like like. I want to know if that was scripted or if that was off of a long list of lines, like from takes. Well, yeah, because like. You know, there's so much disgusting shit in that movie, but that's what I love about it. Because, like, you know, he tries to eat out Princess Leia, who's a nun, and then, you know, George Carlin's going down on a trucker. I mean, like, you literally put all my favorite people in the most compromising positions, and I don't give a fuck. I'm like, more money. George Carlin. Yeah. He was just like, you want me in one scene where I blow a trucker? Of course. Of course, yeah. Let's Let's see our top beloved comedians of the day today do that. Yeah, it's like, you know what? That's why you don't have a show anymore, Chris Talia or Anthony Jeselnik, because you wouldn't blow a trucker on uh, in a Kevin Smith movie, now, guys. I love you guys. Now, but... I'm not Kevin Smith and I don't have a film camera, yeah. but if you'd like to blow a trucker, I would like to help facilitate that. <laughs> if, you, if you two gentlemen are listening. Yeah. Yes. Like, we, could, we could make you guys stop. I love the idea of Anthony Jeselnik in a leather-bound chair in front of a roaring fireplace with a glass of scotch who just listens to Mrs. Brightside every week. Dude, if you're listening, Anthony... I think you're pretty sexy. Like, that Patrick <laughs> Bateman thing you have going on? I was, I have you it. seen the beard? Oh, yeah. Like, like that's, the new beard yeah. from Rose Battle that he was showing? It's, yeah. To me, that is that was a real game changer there. Yeah. I know. It's like, could you get any hotter and more serial-like at the same time? I feel like he's going to get those, like, salt and pepper temples, too. And it's just going to be oh, game yeah. over. Like, Brandon Routh now on, yeah. like, Legends. It's like, because somebody was making a comment about that being negative, And I was like, no, no, no. When you got daddy Silence, issues, child. Like, yeah, it's like no, that's hot. Do not dye your hair, Brandon. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna, that got really weird. Back to George Carlin. You know, a movie that gets, I think, undue hate is Jersey Girl. I would agree. Yeah, because the prop, and that's the problem when people like Kevin Smith try to do something that's not in their typical genre is. There, people don't get it. I'm like, no, this is a family film. Now, fucked up family film. But he's but, basically making like one of the John Hughes family films. Yeah, and that's he's a big John Hughes fan, yeah. and I got that. That's why I'm like, I like Big Daddy too. That was sort of like awesome. Adam Sandler's version. Yeah. I was like, no, these are good movies. They're just different. And yeah, because George Carlin in that is wonderful. And to me, when Ben Affleck takes his daughter to see Sweeney Todd and then does the stage play with her, this is why, I'm sorry, no matter how many bad things Affleck does, says, or whatever, we will all, all of us ladies will have sex with him just for that 
cute <laughs> father-daughter moment of Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah. I think. And Carlin's really going for that. He is really yeah. sweet and he's really yeah. fun. I love when he's reading the script. Like, people are getting cut up in this thing. <laughs> like, it's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always weird to me because, like, that's, like, this riff on, like, a John Hughes movie and then, like, Zack and Miri is, like, an Ivan Reitman movie. Oh, yeah. But I love Zack and Miri, I too. like Zack and Miri. I saw it at the theater twice. Like, just because I wanted shit else to do. But I was like, no, I enjoyed that. I even own it. Yeah, I believe I own it somewhere, too. That was a, that was a good $5 impulse uh. purchase at some point. Yeah, what I love is there's weird cameos in that movie, like Brandon Routh yeah. and Tom Savini, and you're like, eh, I love this, you know. I forgot Tom Savini's in it. Yeah, he's the one who um, sells them in the storage yeah. unit. Yeah. God damn. I know. Master. Love that man. He's literally the puppet master. He's one of two times I've ever, like, gone, <gasps> when I saw a person walk by. Like, the other, and the other one was Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. <laughs> and that happened very recently, like, two weeks ago. I was at the Arclight, like walking to the parking lot and Buzz Osborne and his wife were walking and somebody was clearly already bothering him mm-hmm. but I just walked past and they were like <gasps> like full open mouth didn't say anything like but definitely like still caused enough of a scene just to myself I haven't thought about the Melvins in years my That's you know introduction to the Melvins was when they opened for Tool for yeah there you go yeah it's uh, I was back on for a minute because uh, my buddy Brent, uh, Brent Schmidt is a big fan of Big Business and we just yeah. went to Big Business and so they guys from Big Miss played in the Melvins for a little while, so they're oh, all, it's cool. all unified field theory. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm like, what are we appreciating? Because yeah, I could literally talk about Kevin Smith for hours, even though I've, I've had mixed reviews of him personally, but it's one of those things that it's like, no, nah, your stuff, because I'm one of those people that can separate the art, and, and I like that. Like, is it, like there are plenty of, it's like, obviously, because I still think Kevin Spacey's a great actor. Kevin Smith's like he's actually been pretty pleasant the two times I've met, like yeah. been in, in contact. Yeah, that's me. It's like he always seemed really nice. He's yeah. 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 It's a uh, you know he's it's a just fascinating stories, dude. Yeah. I I find his career fascinating at this juncture, just because like this weird period he's in right now. Yeah. Because like, I thought we were gonna get a Mallrats TV series or something like and a instead he's and become it, like a weird horror director. I feel yeah, like no which one's I like, love those movies. I I like Tusk. A yeah, lot. Tusk is just like the the fact that that was made as a movie is again a, a happy thing yeah. to live in. And I like Red State until the cops show up, yeah. and then every line of dialogue the cops have makes me furious because they're just these like snarky baristas mm. in cop uniforms. Like, yeah, but John Goodman in that. Ugh. See, I don't like him in it. Really? I don't like anybody. Who, and all every cop in that movie yeah. is an actor I like, and I hate all of them in it. Like, it's, it's the only thing that redeems it for me is I love the end of the movie. Like, I think that, like, and, and I know the original ending, I think the original ending also would have been hilarious. Yeah. But I think that the end of the movie, the way they have it, and the fact that, like, they end their movie with ostensibly a mm-hmm. tribute to Psycho. Yeah. Where it's just, like, two people who you haven't really seen, like, explain what you just saw back to you. Well, and, too, it was, like, I felt like Kevin Smith threw that in to be, like, oh, I really haven't had a lot of references. Let's have a reference. And I'm, like, no, you didn't have to. It's nice when you do, but it just felt forced. I would agree with that. It was weird. It's fascinating. But, like, uh, but the the jokey parts, I wish she'd just gone straight up. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's weird because then... 
the similar feeling like because I think Tusk is overall a better movie, but I also think I'm just more likely like Tusk is such a Cronenberg movie. And yeah, like such it's a sucker like for a Cronenberg. weird fucking movie, I, I, like, which is fun. It's weird. I didn't know how into body horror I was until like the older I get, the more I find that that is a thing that I'm like always drawn to. Did you see Are We Not Cats? No. What oh. is that? Well, so yeah, like uh, a friend of mine, like he, you know, got like a special thanks in this movie just because he looked over the script or whatever. So we had gone to see it and this was definitely not something I would have picked. And even like my mom was here. I was like, <laughs> you want to go to the screening? And she's like, yeah, whatever. And even she, she gave him the best compliment. She's like, this was way better than I thought it was going to be. I thought this was going to be some crappy student film, but no, it was like a legit good, like body horror movie. Kind of, I mean, sort of like... You know, obviously very indie movie feel, but it was basically these people that just straight up, trichotillomania, just eat their own hair. It's just fucking disgusting. And, but the way that it's done, you're like, it was good. Like, I don't know how to describe it any other way. I'm like, there's not much plot other than that. Have you seen Excision? Because that's a similar kind of vein where it's, where it's such a simple but hard to explain movie, but it is so like brilliant, but also like disgusting. It's a girl who wants to be a surgeon and like, like, like a surgeon decides to like do some surgery as just an enthusiastic teen and yeah. who is maybe mentally unbalanced. And like the the, yeah, the girl that's... who's the lead in it is fucking phenomenal. And it is just it's a lot of fun. John Waters plays a priest in it. So that's oh my god, fun. I love John Waters because Cecil B. Demented is another one of those underrated gems. Gem. Nobody knows. I was just telling somebody about Cecil B. Demented recently. You ever want to hear the only time Adrian Greener was likable? That movie. Like, cause I, you know, I, you know, love to hate him on Entourage, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like his, cause one of his lines in the movie is something I say all the time. I used to have so many problems, but now I only have one, drugs. Because <laughs> 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 like, he was like trying to say like why he started doing drugs. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of what we all believe. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, and it's like the David Lee Roth quote. I used to have a drug oh. problem, but I have money now. <laughs> I love... David Lee Roth is one of my stand-up inspirations. Henry Rollins describes him as bleach blonde Mark Twain. And I think it's, like, oh incredibly accurate. And, like, uh, Dr. Roxon, I do cocaine! Like, that, that Metalocalypse character is, is perfect on my That show came on when I was in college living in dorms. <laughs> and our game became, if you found someone sleeping, it was your job to crawl on top of them, put your hand in their pocket, and then just whisper, <laughs> I do cocaine until they wake up. <laughs> and so it became just this I would say in my sophomore year of college 90% of my sleep was interrupted by someone putting their hand in my pocket and whispering I do cocaine because <laughs> that's the best detail is he puts yeah. his hand in the guy's the pocket, pocket which is such a like violating yeah. like it's both horrifying and hilarious it's one of those great like horror comedy crossovers of just like it's so violating but it makes and it he's so funny yeah. <laughs> but yeah like um Seeing David Lee Roth with Van Halen at the Hollywood Bowl a few years ago, and that was like my first bowl concert and experience, one of the greatest moments of my life. My mom laughed because I enjoyed it way more than even she did. She's like, you know, like, yeah, because David Lee Roth, I was just captivated him because he was doing like, he just was himself, like, and it was glorious. Like, he would make jokes about when he drove the ambulance. And then he would, he was teaching us how to dance, and it was just glorious. It's funny because he's like, should be like the antithesis of everything I like, because I'm so not a hair metal guy, and so like, like that, there's like a subset of classic rock that I normally like hate with that kind of stuff, 
but I fucking love David Lee Roth. Yeah, he, he is, is a, a fucking treasure. character. He is he is a cartoon character who was supposed to sell cereal and instead now just mm. sells like pussy. Like he's just a, <laughs> that's perfect. A cartoon fucking, character that sells pussy. Like he's just madness. Yeah, I the uh, that's the thing is it goes back to that loving of character people, and I'm like we're running out of character people because we keep stifling him. Well, you know, and, and just, like, guys, no, we need crazy old white men. Do you, you love Bill Murray? We all fucking love Bill Murray. Guys, we, we gotta let people be crazy. About I, th- it. I think we're in an interstitial. Yeah. I think that the, you know, cultures always, like, slide back and forth. Yeah. And I think that, like, we're in that weird run where everybody's just like, get in line, cut your hair, mm-hmm. hit me. Like, well, which only leads to people going like, well, now we're all on LSD uh, and we're on the moon. No, so, you yeah. know, it's now. They're like, well... I would, but what you're doing seems really fun. Yeah. It's like, can't beat them. And that's uh, where you get your good, weird old people from. Yeah. It's like well, the ones that start partying with the weird hippie kids. Get your, get your Timothy Leary's wandering around, and you're just like, are you a teacher? And he's like, shut up and be on acid. Like, well, tough but fair. Yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted all your questions and cannabis answered? Have you ever wanted to hear, you get some weed, you get some weed, you get some weed? Well, that's what Dopra is here to do. Yes, that's right, Dopra, the Oprah of weed, coming soon. The funniest Timothy Leary story like that I know is that he lived next door to Trent Reznor in New Orleans, and his comment about Trent Reznor was, that's the most miserable dude I've ever met. And I'm like, I don't know why I think that's a delightful story, but I do. It just described Trent back in that day. I love the story of when Trent Reznor decided he had to get sober was he was just sitting in a tent in his living room watching the guys from Marilyn Manson's band shoot bottle rockets at each other, and his house is just like, a we little on fire yeah. and like a little is like you know he's like fat and he hasn't done a record in t- f- almost 10 years he's like maybe I should stop doing drugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not even hanging out with my own bandmates I'm hanging out with the sketchiest members of the sketchier band's bandmates yeah like I know this is an awful thing but for some reason it always stuck in my mind and you'll know why it's like thinking about Marilyn Manson's awful bandmates like Pogo or formerly Madonna Wayne Gacy um, one of the weird things he says that was in, like, the, um, Long Hard Road Out of Hell was, like, I'll, he, he walked up to a deaf girl and was like, I want to come in your worthless ear canal. And I'm, I'm like, the story. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, I don't know why that always stuck with me. But, yeah, and I was like, that's a fucked up thing. And that's probably each other's dicks like, together. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, uh, is that Neil Strauss? Was that one of his books? I don't know. I don't I'm not real good with books. I was a big, I, I was, was a big, you know, uh, uh, you know, music history book guy for a while. Like Neil Strauss, fascinating because it's the same. I think he wrote that, The Dirt, uh, mm-hmm. and then also The Game, that like the the pickup artist book. Oh, that. But what's weird is like he is a really not good writer. Not the Michael Douglas movie. And like <laughs> even reading that book, it's funny because like half of it is him selling you on it, but the other half of the book is about how it destroyed him and everybody who's ever like tried to live that lifestyle all just become these like miserable shells of human beings so it's always funny when people are like oh that book like, the book is about how this is a bad, bad call idea. it's just that but it, you go through the same process as the people in the book where like the weird psychology of it like works on a short term thing but it's the same shit that like 
advertising and like yeah. businesses use. It's not like secret things. It's just like jackassy shit that works because humans are dumb and want to look at right objects. Yeah, this dude is secretly a genius. The types of people that would buy this yeah. aren't going to read the whole thing, so they're never going to learn the lesson, but then their lives are going to suck. And what's so. funny is, like, but he also wrote, he was, like, mostly, like, a rock journalist, but the joke is always that, like, his rock journalist books are always the yeah. most sensational ones, and they're like, how much is this true? He's like, look, it's a great book. Yeah. Let's not start asking questions that people have to answer. <laughs> but I did read, he has, like, a collection of, like, articles and pieces he wrote, and he has an interview with... Julian Casablancas from The Strokes, and it is uh, the, the smarmiest rock journalist of all time interviewing the most hate-filled man on earth, <laughs> and it is just a transcript. He's like, I'm not even writing this as an article. Here is our interaction, verbatim, written by a third-party transporter. Have a good time. And it's just... Two people that. being awful to each other, like it, like it is, it like is battle surreal. of the ego it, It's so entertaining, and I was like, this is so wrong and shitty and dumb and useless, but also like, God, I love that this exists. That's amazing, and this has just reminded me of one of the things that I hate about this time now is like we don't have any good like rock and rock stars. Ooh, I beg to differ. You're just oh. not paying attention. Really, who's Fiddler? Are you familiar Fiddler? with that band? No. Oh, Fiddler are maybe one of the coolest little punk bands running around. Yeah. They make, like, fast, shouty skate punk stuff. Uh, and literally, they, they are on the classic rock trajectory because their first album, the two anthem songs yeah. off it are Cheap Beer and Cocaine. Sweet. Those uh, are my favorite And uh, the second album so is cool. the lead singer was uh, had to get sober. And so it's a whole thing of his, like, sobriety run, but all filtered through the idea of, like, but I'm also still the guy in the party-ass, like, street punk band. They're both... Five star bangers, but there's like a bunch Ooh. of real right now, especially. I feel like we're going to get some because well, I, I was just I love rock journalism specifically, like oh, almost miss, famous, and the fact that Jason Lee's lead. Oh, I'm just the lead singer again, going back to Jason. I uh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's been an interesting it's thing because like watching oh, almost famous one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. That's in the top five. Yeah. Uh, maybe top six. There's a couple of movies that have like shifted around, and I keep yeah, I know like, I have the same problem. It's like eh. like I think. I think I have to put Boogie Nights now at number two. I feel like Dawn of the Dead and it have had to switch. Oh, Boogie Nights. That is a movie I can watch anywhere, anytime. I make the joke, my filmmaking is just me trying to make that party scene at the beginning over and over again. Yeah. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, I love Magnolia, too. And I'm just like, man, these were great. What happened? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I like basically everything he's ever oh, done. Oh, really? Yeah. I like like uh, man. Inherent Vice. There is no. Oh, movie, I haven't seen that. There's one, maybe I think I've been, no movie more yeah. for me. <laughs> I got really, but I got to a point like in a certain where I didn't watch like I, I'm really behind on a lot of like films that weren't horror comedy, mm. like because those just make me happy. So I do those. So f things that give me feelings, I just put on the back burner. But yeah, like Burt Reynolds' death, I took pretty hard because. You know, even though he's an older guy, he's really done everything. I was just like him and Boogie Nights, and then his cameo in Archer, like the, the love Archer that Archer so has good. for him, and uh And then yeah, he has to tell Archer that Gator didn't have a fan boat. Yeah. Like that's such a like weird great moment. Yeah, because it's like you you would superimpose that in your mind because how does Gator not have a fan boat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, because I'm from that type of area, and I'm like... Are you from a swampy Spartan, Texas? Yep. Swampy swamp. But Mostly yeah, swamp. so like, so I, Lake Placid is one of the, uh, again, I only a few movies scare me, Lake Placid is okay, one of them. Okay, okay. 
Mostly because you're just afraid of Oliver Platt, though. No. Like, a horny Oliver Platt is a terrifying thing. That is pretty terrifying, I will say. But, you know, I can kick his ass, so I'm, like, less scared. But, like, gigantic alligator, I'm not fucking around with that shit. No, that's no good. Like, I'm no Betty White. You've seen Annihilation? There's pretty good scary alligator in that. Uh, no, but I've heard that. That's, uh, that just hit the Hulu. I can't recommend it up. It was maybe my movie of the year last year. Um, I love that your dog has just laid down and then just has slept through this whole podcast. Oh yeah, like she's fifteen. So oh, hell yeah. and so she's kind of like oh, losing a chill hell lady. Yeah, she's just like, meh, I'm old. Whatever. You look like a stuffed animal. She does. She looks like a bear. That's why I call her Boo Boo. Like, um Yogi Bear. Hey Boo Boo. Her name's Zephyr, but you know, I feel like you know, everybody should, except me, I, for some reason, I don't really have a nickname, but, like, you know, I like nicknames, like... What would you go with, Cretia? Yeah, actually, that's what my friend always, and I had one friend who called me that, Or LaCrete? Nah, never that. My dad would call me Cretia. Okay. I didn't really like that. It was, it was weird. My brothers would call me Creepy Creepy. I liked that. Do your brothers have, like, existential names? No. Actually, what's funny is that's sort of one of my stand-up jokes, because um, my name is Lucretia after Lucretia Borgia, yeah. the first female serial killer, because my dad's a weird guy. And, but, and so I go into, like, my brothers have normal way, names, like Ted and John Wayne. <laughs> but no, their names are Lance and Jared. No. <laughs> Lance and Jared and Lucretia. Yep. That's like a bit. Like that's well, like... Yeah. Because it's like there was a trajectory because Lance is just uh, my dad's son and then my uh, little brother and I are, um, you know, my mom's. And so we were supposed to be like this LD pattern because I'm Lucretia Danielle. Danielle after Danielle Steele. Um, but, um... <laughs> Such a this, vivid portrait yeah. of the painting of your father. Yeah, certainly. He's a very odd man. <laughs> But, like, and then Lance Dillon. And, so, yeah, if Jared should have been, I think it was going to be, like, Luke David, but then they, my parents kept fighting, and my dad has this weird thing with Lance. I don't know. And so he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll not do the LD. And, I, and my brother's Jared Austin, so I always told him that it was um, because he was a jackass that I did the JA instead of the LD. I like it. I, I always fucked with Jared. I, say I scared him. I convinced him he was an alien, and then we got him in a pawn shop in outer space. Um, even the whole family got in on that one. Um, but yet, we're still really close, and that's what I tell people. He tried to kill me, and I still love him. I mean, you know, and two, it's kind of my fault. If I convinced him he was an alien, told him he got his initials for being a jackass, you know, it wasn't great either. So he tried to stab me. And that's just family. That's just family. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have a, I have a younger brother. He huh. is a year and a half younger. Um, and uh, he's, uh, you know, good, good uh, one, of, one of my close people in my life. Yeah, we used to play good. in bands together and yeah. stuff like that. He's a little rock and roll guy. He is a ginger, but he has a red mustache and long red hair, so he just looks like Greg Allman. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we've yeah. Uh, had, had many an adventure. Yeah. Jared is the, the real talented one in the family, I would say, because he's, you know, a great songwriter, great musician. You know, most of my jokes are probably his. But he's just, as I said, a giant pussy. So, you know, he, he won't come out here and do this, so I just have to talk about him and talk about how talented he is. I, like, I got the brains. <laughs> and the balls. Is what you just gotta take him yeah. be his manager from a distance. Yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, you know, we can sell you. We'll get you a Sharon, you know, a nice wife to take care of you. 
Because that's what he told the dentist whenever they asked him. They're like, when your sister can't take you to the dentist, you know, what are you going to do? And he goes, uh, get a wife. <laughs> what a Texas answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, siblings. And that's the thing. It's always good to have those. And that's, I think, where you get your weird quirks, even when they're younger. It's like my brother was the one who loved Friday the 13th more when I was little, that... He that, even did the uh, Man Behind the Mask in the school talent show. That's why my why three is my favorite. Is because yeah. that's the one my brother and I would rent when we were younger. Oh, yeah. And we would watch and we would count all the 3D effects that on the VHS yeah. non-3D version were, we weren't watching. <laughs> so one thing that kills me is that I got that initial Paramount Crystal Lake set and it doesn't have the 3D version. Ugh. And so part of me is always like, hmm. I almost went and saw it last year where they screened it at some point. I, I know. I wanted. I want to start doing screenings because I'm trying I, to work on a Valentine's Day theme like horror screening. But you know, it's I've, just I've yeah. gone to a couple. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I've actually the new Bev just reopened. Oh, nice. And has been yeah. revamped instead. I went and saw Christmas Evil with uh, Jen Saunderson and her husband. Oh, it had fun. a delightful time. It was uh, that movie is bananas. If you've never seen B-A-N-A-N-A-S. it, A and A and A S. It's. I'm not a very good speller, so that's how I always that, have to just I'm going to be honest with you, same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that is my weakness, spelling and having musical talent. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're clearly going to have to do something when it gets closer to haunt season. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to take you to a thing and get, get you oh, yeah, cause out. Oh, I, you know, and this is not, you know, to be weird or anything, but I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, I'll do anything once. Yeah. Or, you know, as I say, I'll try it. Like, I'm not one of those people that's afraid of shit. As I say, I would scare, I'm not really scared of stuff. And, and and I think it takes the fun out of it for some people. And I'm like, no, I'm still having a good time. I don't have to be scared. Or I, I like trying new things. Oh, yeah. And for like me, it, drugs. Yeah, half, half the fun yeah. is just taking it all in. Yeah. Well, very cool. I feel like uh, I feel like we did good work here. Have, do you feel? Do we feel like we covered enough things brightly? I try to keep things pretty positive. I know that's what I liked about your podcast. I was like, this is a nice, happy podcast it's, like mine. I, you know, there was just there was a lot of snarky podcasts at the yeah. time where it was like the worst ever. I was like, well, there's a lot of good things in the world. Yeah, like, and I'm like, why do you like? There were times where, because trust me, as you say, we were big fans of Dennis Leary. There's a, a and I love Adam Carolla. There is an art to complaining or venting or things like that. But for the most part, I don't ever feel like they come from, like, a negative place. I think their complaints are out of, like, I wish this thing was better. But I feel like a lot of the negative podcasting is, this is garbage, this is why it's garbage, well, you're garbage for a liking lot, it. Well, and a lot of it, to me, the subtext is people going, this is what I would have done. Yeah. Which is a thing that's always like, well, then make your thing. Instead of, a, instead of making yeah. a podcast shitting on their thing, like, make your thing. And that's what my attitude, and that's what I like about Kevin Smith and, when people, and certain other people when they, you know, get attacked, they're like, yeah, why don't you just go make your thing? And that's what I always say, too. It's like, you know, everything has value if you put some love in it. I feel like the more you, like, <clears throat> shoot or do whatever your art form is yourself, you gain an appreciation of it in a different way that you can't when you haven't also been in, in whatever version of it is. You know, and I think it's different because you are more critical in some ways. You're like, I don't think I can ever just enjoy comedies anymore. Like, I can't not see Matrix code. And it's why, like, the things I like delight me. Because yeah. I'm just making that, <gasps> like... Yeah, like, like oh, that, that's brilliant. You know, like, that's like a show like Sunny or Archer. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm always delighted because they, they, they will put in... You know, Archer especially, like, they will put in a joke that's for no one that is insane. Like, uh, when Pam mentioned... I don't remember what the book is, but she references some book. What? And then... 
when nobody responds, she's like, I guess no one hears. And then lists the author who's even more obscure than the book. My favorite Pam joke, because actually my dream, and I'm not even really much of an actor, but I want to be live action Pam. Pam <laughs> is Pam and Cheryl put together is me. Yeah, I see um, that. And, um, you know, I love, but the straight up cypher, X, going back to X-Men, when she just straight up mentions cypher yes. out of nowhere, and you're just like, you you made this for me. <laughs> and, and at the same time, like, I love that, like, Pam is such a, like, she is, like, just this this bigger yeah. office lady. And it's funny to me because a comedy show could just do that and give her, like, mom energy. And it would be a yeah. perfectly fine character. That's basically what Jerry on Parks and Rec is. Yeah. And Jerry's a great character. Oh, yeah. I love the, Jerry. Like, but the fact that they, like make her, like, sexual. She's, like, kind of hot in a way where, like, she's aware of her, Especially like, in coat band yeah. season. But even, like, like yeah. it's just so funny that, like, they, they, they give her this, like, level of depth and empowerment. Like, the fact that she does all the, like, fighting and, like, yeah. when she's doing the, the, the fight clubs where she's now fighting with taser gloves and <laughs> shit like that. Like, that's the thing I say, like, hello, game changer. <laughs> like, and just, like, shit like that. Like, what a fantastic character. That you're just getting this insane... Lady who could be such a one-note joke, and instead she's like this well-rounded. She's insane, the best character, yeah, of a show where all the characters are awesome. Because like I love Jessica Walters yeah. because um, Arrested Development. I mean, my ringtone is still um, the Final Countdown because Joe's my favorite because I like Canadians with receding hairlines. <laughs> it's a theme. Um, but then like and two, play Missy for me. My favorite Clint Eastwood movie because I got problems. I know. But yeah, like she's, she's amazing, and I'm like, and Aisha Tyler was like my hero growing up, and I'm like, literally everyone's amazing, but my, Pam my, just shines. The only character who yeah. like comes to the same level for me yeah. is Krieger. Oh yeah, Krieger, because he is a Hitler clone. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like, just there's so many like, and and I love him because I love Lucky Yates. Because oh yeah. I, I'm a huge Good Eats fan. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Hmm. Alton Brown's old show on the Food Network about food science and cooking. No, but now I'm intrigued. Holy fucking shit. It's one of I my favorite shows like of all time. I do love cooking stuff. It is this super lo-fi show that he like shot in Atlanta basically with his team that mm-hmm. ran for 14 seasons. They're, they're actually just about to bring it back. But like, it not only teaches you how to cook, but also explains like the science of why stuff happens when you cook. And it's all these like explanations. He has all these like models and stuff. But, like The guy who plays Krieger was on that. As, like, he plays, like, the devil and, like, all these other, like, weird recurring <laughs> characters. Dude, I think I remember seeing that, but thinking it was, like, a sketch and not yeah. a real show. It's a, like, it's it's a like, full tone real show. Funny. I'm obsessed with it. And, oh, yeah, uh, now I gotta find that, because I love that. That's funny. And did you watch, have you watched the noir season of Archer at all yet? Yes. The Kriegers, when he's defecting from Nazi Germany to America, and mm. he asks the girl to come with him, and she says, like, I'd rather die than, than be a trade traitor to the party, mm-hmm. and he just goes... Really? And then, like, says the code yeah. word, like, shrugs and says the code word, let the robot dogs kill her. Like, that is, to me, like, the funniest, like, I just love yeah. it. Like, all right. Like, okay. uh, <laughs> kill her? Like, it's just yeah. such a, like, great, sh- like, shitty moment. <laughs> the, and that's the thing, is that's what I love about that show, is everyone's so garbage. And the funny thing is, me and my mom really enjoy it together, but she'll be like... I'm so mad. <laughs> it's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but then um, my favorite Pam line is like, she was like, oh, man, now I feel like an asshole. And they're like, you don't feel like that all the time? She's like, no, I like I me. I like myself. I like <laughs> me. And I was like, that's so me. I'm like, no, I like me. <laughs> and I'm like, that, that to me just sums up who Pam is and why she's so delightful is she's just that confident and yeah. doesn't care. 
it's such a like yeah it's such a the, well put together character and yeah. it's it's I, you know I wish wish people put more Pam love out into the yeah. world it's weird because I feel like Archer's such a good show and like I get that like, like I've never I came to it late too I mean that it's uh, like because Sunny's kind of this way too there's a lot yeah. of like comedy stuff I like that I feel like the comedy world like doesn't like or whatever yeah, isn't like, like cool that like always fascinates me I know because a lot of them will shit on like Family Guy too and I'm like Family Guy is what essentially shaped my humor and then the critic which it kind of ripped off a little yeah. bit but yeah and that's what it goes back to ooh Circle where it's like going back to the critical people and the critical podcast. To me, a critic was always somebody who you were to make fun of. Like, the reason, like, John Lovitz and that character is so, like, you love to hate Jay Sherman, but you also kind of love him. Like, but you hate the critic people. Like, and, and you see in that show where that's not a good thing. And that's not how to be beloved in Hollywood. So, why do we have so many here? Why? For me, it's a like like criticism is a fascinating yeah. thing because like I feel like there's there's good and bad to it, and part of it is like if you don't like this film critic, if and you always agree, say it and, stinks, yeah, or, 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 <laughs> or if you, have an or if you constantly disagree with that yeah. critic, maybe they have a different taste than you. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so maybe go find a critic who has similar taste to you, if you're looking for something to get a feel for things. Yeah, like I mean, and, and stuff like rotten. The fact that. You know, as we see, just a score as we stop being humans. Yeah, rot, Rotten Tomatoes is just garbage, and the fact that that was one of the websites of the '90s or whatever, however old it is, because I remember it existing in the early days yeah. of the internet when we had web TV, and it was like the fact that that was something that that came around again and has lasted makes my heart hurt. Unlike those other things where I'm happy, like Tusk and things exist. Rotten Tomatoes being a thing makes me sad because I'm like, no, this is not how we, we should view art. Art is subjective. You love this, but you don't like this. But you know what? Just keep that to yourself. Maybe don't tell the creator that. Like, unless there are some... In, there's thought-provoking criticism, yes. Yeah. But mo- not this... It stinks. And that was what I was thought was like... Same thing with Idiocracy. Is the critic and Idiocracy showed you what not to do. But today we have done that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always harken back to stuff yeah. like, like, you know, like Pauline Kale and stuff yeah. like that, who just wrote, you know, it, were, or even like, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, who then wrote Taxi Driver. Uh, Paul Schrader. Yeah. Like, people like that. Like, the way they're writing about film, you know, was this, like, they're ta- they take consideration into, like, what the movie's trying to do Dude. on yeah. top of, like, whether it's just, like, whereas now I feel like... A nuanced opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And contextualized opinion yeah. and stuff like that. And I, but I think that, like, culturally, part of that is, is just that now people's minds is, like, ah, I don't like it, so burn it off. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, people do that with everyone. And I'm like, Bill Cosby's a rapist. The Cosby show's garbage. I'm like, no, that doesn't make the show garbage. That makes him garbage. See, it makes it easy for someone who didn't watch the Cosby show yeah. that much. Be like, ha ha ha, I lose no. nothing in this. Exactly. It's like the rest of us were like, no. Except for, I used to really like to say, hey, 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 like Fat Albert, because yeah. I was very big and very fat. Yeah. Like, so that seemed fun. Yeah. Uh. I know. And it's like, can we really do that reference anymore? No. <laughs> That's probably all right. Yeah. It's not a great loss. No. I know. It's, uh, that was Peggy Hill's like one in person. Oh yeah. It's like if we're going, we're going all the way back to the beginning. Whoa. Yeah, it's funny. I've been saving King of the Hill. Yeah. Like, because everybody I know is watching on Hulu right now. But there's enough stuff that I'm into that, like, at some point I'm gonna hit a wall where there's nothing good. 
I'm not liking anything and I need a good thing to throw on and then I'm going to have King of the Hill fresh and untouched since it's been put back out. A newly minted like comic book. It's it's one of those exciting things. I, like, I can't tell because I'm not sure if we should be wrapping up soon. Can uh-huh. I ask you a very earnest question? Oh, sure. I can't help but notice that you have Just Dance 2017 over there. Yes, I do. I've had, I was a big DDR fan. Oh, me too. I was a big, big fan. Uh... Will you explain to me, because I'm fascinated from a distance, mm-hmm. what are the Just Dance games? Do If I get one, can I dance? And yes. And what does it take to dance? And should I buy one for my Switch so I can travel dance? Okay. Um, yes, yes, and yes. Woo-hoo! So, um, the funny thing about me and Just Dance and DDR is that, what, here's the thing, is I'm not Ellen, well, I'm the real Ellen, I guess, in a way, where I don't really dance. And I think dancing... You know, I'm like that that footloose town. Like, I'm not a big dance person. Unless it is to be stupid and fun. And that's why I'm like, that is what dancing is for. Or if you did a charity thing in Dallas one time that was Dancing with the Stars, quote-unquote. I'm nobody. But, um, yeah, like, so the weird thing is, though, DDR to me was fun. Because me and my friends would just get baked to shit and do really badly at it. And then my friend who lived next door was a cheerleader would just kick all of our asses because she didn't do drugs. Yeah. Um... But yeah, and that was a fun memory. Way to just describe a perfect pilot in yeah. one sentence, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm, I'm full of pilots. That's why I'm looking. I was like, guys, I got all these ideas. Let me sell them. <laughs> but yeah, like, and so when I, I hadn't really gotten to Just Dance, you know, until way late. And I was working this weird uh, promo, because that's what I do, guys, um, for money. And it was like in the Galleria of Dallas. And I was working at Sony. And this was when the first Smurfs came out. And um, it was like we had a Papa Smurf uh, character, but luckily I was too tall for the costume, so I didn't have to do that. But, um, yeah, like, and then one of the things was, like, nobody was really coming in. I don't know. It was like a weird time, so this wasn't really working out well. They're like, y'all didn't just go play the PlayStation. Maybe these girls playing just dance will bring people into the store. Um, Because it's not like we could hang out outside like a lot of promos are. with Malls are weird like that. But then, so, I'm like... I don't really dance, but then I'm seeing this and I'm like, well, this is fun. Like, and we're just having a good time, like getting paid to do this, whatever. And I'm someone who doesn't dance again. And these, most of these girls were like younger than me, like teenagers. I kicked all their asses because like one of the first ones was like Elvis and like, they don't know what the fuck this shit is. So how does this work? So like you have like... Um, at that time, there was, like, a remote, and I think you can still get, like, the remote or, like, a controller, but, like, honestly, I just have, like, an app on my phone, and you just put your phone in your pocket, and it reads your dance. Like, so, you know, DDR, you would have to step on motions. Yeah. You just have to, like, follow okay. what it's doing. Okay, so that's the yeah. part I'm trying to understand, because I look at it, and yeah. like, this looks fun, I also have no idea how this works. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that's what's cool now that you can just have the app on your phone, and, yeah, you can just follow what it's doing, and it picks it up, because, yeah, then I kicked their ass at JLo too, because I was the biggest person there as well. Wow. And I was like, suck on that, little girls. Yeah. I just kicked your ass, and I can't even dance. I, uh, I am ser- seriously entertaining yeah. trying one of the like Let's Dance games, because I, I feel like I keep bringing up DDR at things. And even oh, yeah. like, some of the old Wii stuff. Just that oh, yeah. bit Wii, of like... Wii bowling was like the shit. You always play bowling. That's another weird family reference. Yeah, that makes sense in my family. Yeah, Wii, Wii bowling, Wii tennis. Like, I was yeah. a big Wii Fit guy. Oh, yeah. Wii Fit was fun. Did, did, that was where I learned to do yoga. Yeah. And I actually feel like I like definitely like got healthier during the time I was doing like a lot of Wii Fit. Yeah, because, I mean, it was fun. And that's why, like, Just Dance, like, you know, it's a good workout. It's fun playing little games. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we'll have to have a Just Dance party. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and, like, that's what it should be called. I'm like, I bet this is already, like, a bit invented, but, like, you know, I said late to the party, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I love dancing. I know, I was like, oh, um, yeah, because I'm like, this is uh, coming close to two hours, but I did have a few more questions. Do you have any oh, more please. Just Dance questions? No, I'm good. Yeah. Because I'm really good about remembering stuff, even though, as you've seen, I've smoked, you know, uh, quite a few hits off this bowl here. But, going back to the beginning, I was really interested in the part where you said, like, the movie covers is what really drew you to horror movies. I felt the same way, because going to a video store, and that's, again, one of those sad things about now, is no one will, none of these kids will get that joy. And, like, I just want to know if you had the same experience with this case. Because it was, at the time, one of the only ones like that. That Jack Frost movie yes. with the evil... Oh, yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Anybody I've ever mentioned it to knows exactly it. When Do you remember you've been Uncle that Sam? Oh, yeah. Uncle Sam was the same style of box. scared. Yeah. I actually watched Uncle Sam Shudder showed it on 4th of July on their, like, streaming channel. <laughs> and that movie is insane. Oh, Yeah. And, like, that was the thing. is like, you would pick movies... You would have to pick movies... Based guys, on their covers. Based on the covers. And that, you know... Same thing with wine. Don't do that. There's... But. Although there's certain times where it sort of pays off. Yeah. And other times where it doesn't. I think, the, I think like, the most egregiously, like, false advertising is Fright Night. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just a house with an evil cloud for a movie about vampires. Yeah. And, 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 and you're like... This is kind of a comedy. <laughs> you are like, you made it look scarier. House is kind of that same way where yeah. it's actually like a comedy with George Went in it. Yeah. Instead, it's like a, just a hand pushing a door, or uh, bringing a doorbell. And then what's the other one that's in it? Oh, and for whatever reason, this movie always stuck out of me, like in the video stores, was Demons 2. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, is, which is a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, and two, what I think I remember is the guy on the cover that looks so fucking cool is not really in the movie very much. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, because I was like, I think I remember, because I remember the cover, not so much the movie, but I think I remember being very disappointed because I was like, where the fuck was that guy? So I have come to, like, Italian horror only in the last few oh, years. Oh, Dario I did, Argento. I, I Even didn't. though your daughter's garbage, you are an amazing director. <laughs> I, like, didn't get it for the longest time. I was like... I was such Opera? A, I was such a, like, logic police person. Oh. And then... Fuck logic. The... the uh, uh, fully agree. The, yeah. Now, now I've got my copy of Suspiria next to my copy oh, of yeah. the Holy Mountain. So, like, no, yeah, I've, I've jumped ships. Uh, and I think, like, seeing, like, Suspiria and Opera back-to-back. And then also, what's weird, Zombie 3, <laughs> which was a movie I had a lot of fun with. I actually just won a Blu-ray of it at Horror Trivia after I used to have a blockbuster video copy of it that I bought for, like, 99 cents when they were going out of business. But, like, I love... Like the like Fulci was even more than Argento like a real like discovery and like I had seen chunks uh, I'd seen like the shark scene and a couple of the other scenes from Zombie but like seeing Zombie you know slash Zombie two for the first time was one of those things like oh I didn't know movies could be this just like batshit crazy and yeah. then just be awesome and speaking of movies just being batshit crazy and awesome and surprising Dead Alive just. Oh. That's Peter fucking Jackson, guys. I'm, and it's Evil Dead, if directed by the Lord of the Rings Can guy. I make a confession, though? What? I fucking hate the first half hour of Dead Alive. And then the rest of it is one of the best movies I, ever made. I agree, because it's like, it's kind of boring. And then you're like, all right, now that he's whipped out this lawnmower yeah. and is killing all these people? Cool. Like, not, yeah. not a lot of the jokes land for me in Dead Alive. Like, yeah, I, I have 
strong feelings about the concept of horror comedy because I feel like they do exist, but there are certain horror Tucker comedy. Tucker and Dale is. I don't like Tucker and Dale. I need to rewatch it. I, I've only seen it once, and it was so hyped that I feel like it didn't no, live up to it's what. Alan Tudyk, man, yeah. I'm in love with that man, yeah. and that he's not in it enough. In yeah, some ways, I, re- in I agree. There should have been more of him than Tyler Levine because he was the funnier like I, character, and he makes a cameo in uh, almost playing that character. It's like, isn't it? Deadpool, yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. does, yeah. Because I was like, oh, crap, it was a Deadpool or anything, and I'm like, it was Marvel. Yeah, Deadpool, yeah. The, uh, like, yeah, but and, and to me, like, Dead Alive is one of two movies where it's funny because, like, the openings are kind of boring to me, because and the other one being the Beyond, the Fulci movie. Yeah. Like, are two movies that start off real slow, and then by the end you've forgotten entirely what the first half of the movie was, because the second half of both of those movies is the best movie ever made. See, and like Death Proof is like the opposite. Because to me, the first half of the movie, yeah. you know, the, and it was like awesome. Once, second half, I'm like, the bitches I wanted to die the most live, yes. and then there's this girl power bullshit. I'm a woman, so I'm allowed to say, that was stupid. I'm sorry. It was garbage. It's it was the Kurt Russell's the hero. It was the moment <laughs> where I was like, maybe I don't like Tarantino dialogue. Yeah, because uh, they just talk too much. Like I'm like, is it sexist? And I was like, no, I'm totally down with Reservoir Dogs dialogue table scene. But then the women scene in that, I'm like, but he's written good. Is garbage women before and other yeah, stuff. like you know, like Jackie Brown. Oh yeah, Jackie character. Brown is like all about good female empowerment. Kill Bill. It's like, dude, I know you can do this, but. And two, it was just like, do you just hate me? But he's also become a guy who's become real, like, I mean, like, that's far and away my least favorite, but, like, I don't think I have loved something he has made since Kill Bill Part 1. Dude, Hateful Eight. I know a lot. That's one I've liked the most of all of them. Yeah. I love that movie, because to me, Jennifer Jason Leigh is quietly the funniest character. But also Jennifer Jason Leigh is maybe... Maybe we should just put her in everything. I've been yeah. watching a lot of stuff with her in it recently. I watched Annihilation and Existence, like back to back. And in both cases, I'm just like, why are you not in everything? Another movie in my top ten uh, yeah. is uh, uh, Fast Times Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. Is, is you know, maybe number five, the center of the list. When like, Sean Penn was likable. You yeah. know, pre, you know, beating Madonna yeah. to death. And yeah. Phoebe Cates and Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee hanging oh, yeah. out. Judge Reinhold. And that's one of my I favorite, like, clerks. Cartoon jokes is Judge Reinhold. God, it's such a good bit. Yeah, and then Randall just calls all the directors and and wants the money money back. back. I know, like just. I love that he has the nightmares about Axel Foley coming in, and the nightmares that they run out of bananas to put in tailpipes. God, the Clark's cartoon show is so good. Yeah, like, it's, and like, Alec Baldwin is Leonardo, Leonardo. Everything about that is what, why it angers me that there's not more. It's like, yeah. I need it, I need it. I'm kind of surprised they never made a push yeah, to bring that back. because I saw that, that there have been, and that's what's sad, and, and I really understand it way more now, like, you know, living here. It's like, there's a lot of projects that were supposed to happen that never did, because like, I know with Clark's cartoon... Comedy Central and Adult Swim had, had been in talks, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, but I think it's sort of up there with, like, Mallrats 2, where it's yeah, just it's a thing like, they will no. never... That they used to sell the script for Mallrats 2. Like, that's one of those things really? that, like, yeah, because oh. he had written it, because oh, yeah. it was 
moving pretty far along when it got Yeah, that's killed. what I thought, is he was, like, gathering up the old cast members. Because it was literally Mallrats to Die Hard to Mall was yeah. the, the, like, title for it. And it was just Die Hard with cast of Mallrats. Like, yeah. And I just think, like, that's, I'd watch that's that. That's funny. That's, sure, why not? Yeah, because, like, it's Live weird that Die a... Hard is one of those movies that people hate that I love. It's weird to me that we live in a world where there's a second Clerks, but not a second Mallrats. Yeah, and it is weird. And then there's kind of going to be a second Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I know that's that's like is really that in the, the works. The, the one that's, yeah, the the Jane Silent Bob get rebooted or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and like so, and that'll be good because I really like Strike Back. But I'm like, I, I feel like we need to make Mallrats happen, guys. Like, just just throw money at it. Because, yeah, like, and two, if it is, like, that script, because as I say, I have a soft spot for Live Free or Die Hard just because it's so fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, if that is anything, you mix my uh, Mallrats and that, like, make my life. And if only Alan Rickman were here. CGI him in like they did for uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, like, dude, that was so cool because I'm a big Hammer horror fan, so Peter Cushing was the I had shit to me. Because the problem yeah. is that he is 90% Peter Cushing... And 10% the scary vultures from Splash Mountain mixed together into a CGI character. <laughs> he has he has cartoon vulture eyes in that movie. Eh. <laughs> I was like, Peter Cushing! <laughs> like, God, it was that. Like, that's a, I just rewatched that movie because I did not love it the first time I saw it. I wanted to give it another chance. And, like, I liked it a little more on a second viewing. But, like, that whole chunk with Grandma Tarkin, just the CGI Peter Cushing, is insane. Yeah. It's so weird. I know, I'm like, in two, you're like, we can do this, but it's one of those things that I'm like, how far are we going to take this? Like, I don't want it to get, like, the hologram singers, like, I'm kind of glad they never did a Freddie Mercury run, although I'd still prefer that than Adam Lambert. I'm sorry, guys, I'm never getting on that train. Oh, I kind of like him as Freddie Mercury. No. It's kind of fun. No. What if we gave him a mustache? Maybe. Because I, I, like, secretly love mustaches, like, so much. Like, because you've heard me talk about, um, you know, uh, Burt Reynolds. Like, uh, I love Tom You do, like, Selleck. a degenerate in a sports car. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, because as you see, I have, like, a Saul Goodman, Job. Like, I have a thing. Like, Gene Winters, you know, especially in those Allstate commercials, like, as Mayhem. Like, there's something about a sleaze. Joel McHale, when, it, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, yep, something about a sleaze. I just enjoy <laughs> Big Craig Kilborn fan. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> I, I know he's a douchebag, but he was still always kind of hot to me. Yeah, I know. Oh man, it's. I was like the like... one viewer of his show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, you definitely got a type. Yeah, I'm like douchebag. That's why I'm crazy ex-girlfriend. You watch that, Nathaniel. Uh, even though Greg is my favorite of her boy, uh, boyfriends, um, Nathaniel. Then yeah, because yeah. he's it, that and Jesselnick fits that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep, sleazy. And this is see, this is always where I learn stuff about myself. You know, um, you know, and that that's what podcasting is for, is for is. you know, your own therapy. <laughs> or at least that's what Dax and Adam and all these other people I listen to say too. That's right. Any uh, any more on the list of questions? Um I think that was it, yeah, because I was just like the video box saying, I was like, we gotta go back oh, to yeah, that, because I'm like, and like, in those days, the video store, it's like... There was, and it's funny, because you remember, like, yeah. what boxes had weird things, like, remember oh, the yeah. Lost World one had, like, the weird insert? Yeah. Or, like, the Howling had a really cool, like, a, you know, Oh, because it was, like, pushed out a little yeah. bit on the wolf's face. Yeah! Oh, that was a good movie. Did you ever watch... We'll go back to... Oh, two more things, Alice Cooper related. We, um... 
Did you ever see Monster Dog, his Italian horror no, film? No, it's on the list. Oh my god, it's legit good, and there's some songs made just for that movie. Because when Alice Cooper does songs for movies, is like my favorite thing in the world. Because like, he has, and it's like, it's one of them, the opening one doesn't even make fucking sense to the goddamn film. But because he's sort of himself in the movie is the only reason it's there, but I feel like... This was just Alice Cooper being like, all right, this is the only way I'm ever going to be able to wear these outfits. And I will not spoil it because you want to see them to understand. Thoughts on uh, Prince of Darkness? See, I liked it. Yeah. It's it's a weird movie. Yeah, it is. But Alice Cooper is one of the better parts of it. Like, he plays a real good creepy hobo. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's like the best part of the movie. Yeah, and then the Attic Expeditions, because again, I I really liked Seth Green, and so I was like, oh yeah, that that was he was in that, it was good. Yeah. And then the Neil Gaiman comic book, The Last Temptation. Did you ever read that? Is Alice Cooper in that too? That's it's literally a comic book about Alice Cooper. It was to coincide with his al- album. Man. Oh my God, I may have introduced you to oh, something. Man. Because The Last Temptation is, like, one of the weird, most surreal things, especially because I was like, oh, you're a Neil Gaiman fan. And I was like, oh, so you... Aren't we all, though? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, if you're not a Neil Gaiman fan, it's like, are you even human? I feel like the key is that, like, everybody has a version of Neil Gaiman to get yeah. into. Because, like, I... Like, Sandman is one of my favorite things yeah. in the world. I love American Gods. I love Neverwhere. I love Denazi Boys. But, and, and I fucking adore Coraline. Uh, but I hit, like, a hard stop. Like, I got to the Graveyard Book and have just checked out. It was, uh, but it was, I will say this, though. The best rebound thing ever was, like, when I was falling off Neil Neil Gaiman, Joe Hill was right there to catch me. Yeah. Like, and it was one of those beautiful moments, like, oh, you want, like, kind of a dark comic book and some cool novels? Why don't you just come with me, baby, for a while? And I was like, all right, you know you look exactly like Stephen King. He's like, yeah, but my last name's Hill, so let's not ask any more questions. Yeah, like, that was one of those things that I didn't even know that was his son for, like, ever. It wasn't until I saw a photo of him, and I was like, oh, 70s Stephen King is alive. Yeah. And you're like, no, that's his son. Whoa. But yeah, like, The Last Temptation is a comic book written by Neil Gaiman about, like, out that coincides with this album. Oh, shit. And, okay, and check Alice this Cooper. Out. I'm like, yeah, it's, it was like a weird that's 90s bananas. thing. And I'm like, yeah, it, the fact. And that's how it's. Oh, so it's like old, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought this was like a thing that came out, like, last year. No. Oh. That's yeah, it's not, like early. Did Dark Horse put this out? I think so. Because I feel so. like they had to. Yeah, like, this seems like a dark horse thing, but yeah, I'm like, and too, I'm such, you watch Lucifer, like, uh, this show, mm-hmm. yeah, because I'm like, the Neil Gaiman, like, you know, narrated episode, and, and Kevin Alejandro, who I love, and he's such a sweet guy, he directed it, and I'm like, that's such a, it's a weird one-off little episode that even just aired, like, in the summer, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's, a, it's, it's really a fascinating cool. show. I actually just reread Season of the Mist, and was like, oh, oh that's yeah. right, this started this whole other like subplot of DC stuff but yeah like um yeah it's just a you know Neil Gaiman he just has such range and what's funny when you were mentioning Coraline I was like that's the one I probably should you know being you know as I was new to Neil Gaiman as a little girl that's the one I should have been into but it was more Sandman (laughs) I'm like because I'm a little weirdo Sandman is one of those like things that like will just like it'll slow my heartbeat down It'll, like, bring me to a better place. Like, it is just uh, so in me. It's one of those things that just, like, I'm like, all right, the world can't be so bad. We didn't make the Sandman. 
Yep. Yeah, and that's and what you have to think about. Every part of it, I should be like, this is some goth bullshittery. Because, like, I'm not a big Tim Burton guy. I'm not a big... Many of the other things that would be in that world of that. Like, Sandman is just... Because it's, it's so punk rock. Yeah, like, it, and that's, see, that's why it's, I was like, you probably like Hellblazer, like, like, too. Because that's my oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, John Constantine. Yeah. We, we, um, the world's not good enough I'm for like, you. we have to do a special episode that's just all about yeah. that. Because, like, that would be a three-hour podcast easily. Because, like, I don't I, know if you're aware it. of my involvement of the fact that why John Constantine exists on Legends of Tomorrow is partly because I wouldn't shut the fuck up. Really? On podcasts. Like, and, like, because I know, like... Like, uh, Sarah Nicole Jones, who wrote on Legends of Tomorrow, was, like, our guest on our show, like, and, like, we had people, like, one of our co-hosts had, like, friends in the writer's room, so they watched us knew us, and they were like, yeah, just, just keep talking about it, we're trying, because they, they've been working, because, you know, what they, when they got him to cross over, Matt Ryan to cross yeah. over on Arrow, was like, oh my god, my life, because that show, I mean, you see, I have the fucking Blu-ray, like, I love... I was one of the non-harsh critics that was like, and I even have the action figure. Like, uh, John Constantine is my favorite my, literary character. My dad got real into the Constantine oh, yeah. TV show. I, It was probably at the height of me never being home, and it's never really streamed anywhere. Yeah. So, like, I've just... It's on CWC. Is that a thing? Yep. Is that, CWC. Is what? that how you get the CW? Like, no, uh, like... you just use the CW app because that—that's the only reason I had to that I could cut cable because I can't not live without the CW uh, immediately. Okay. So like you know you can get their CW app, you get the shows the next day, and then CWC has like some of the archives of stuff like okay. like Everwood and um you know so if you ever want to get like some the classic stuff on there, is there yeah like there's Everwoods a few like and Dawson. Um, I don't know about Dawson and maybe, but yeah, I'm like, and Felicity. then Constantine, they bought Constantine. I'm like, oh, if Felicity is on there, I'm going to go watch that right now. Like, <laughs> I always forget that that's the first thing J.J. Abrams Everson, made. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's insane. Same thing with Berlanti, where I'm like, wasn't that Everwood? Because I loved Everwood. And it was like, I forgot Ooh. Everwood existed until you yeah. mentioned it right now. I'm like, holy shit, that was a thing. And it was so something that I was like, emba- like, because I was like, too cool at the time. I was like, Buffy, like... All that crap, but I'm like, I can get down with some Ephraim and uh, some Everwood. Treat Williams. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a sexy fantasy and show. That like, comic book Neil Gaiman wrote, The Last Temptation, came out in 96. That's insane. Yeah. I was like, and, and it is one of those, like, deep dive random Cause, things. Because when you said it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like some cross promotion, and like yeah. Neil Gaiman wrote it in an hour. Oh, by the way, I unintentionally often say Gaiman instead yeah. of Gaiman because I was a freshman in high school. When I was really into the Sandman, and I needed one less thing for them to attack me about <laughs> with my weird little gothy comics written by Neil Gaiman, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna drop this, turn this into a weird Neil Diamond thing, and change the situation." Oh, Neil Diamond! Um, uh, Before I thought Neil Diamond was cool. I know. Before Everything Saving Silverman made him cool. Made him cool. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's what made him uh, made me like him. I agree too, because I'm like the way that like that whole movie, the way they love him, and like especially like. Jack Black, and he's like, yeah, you're the ones who send neck to pictures. It's like, we don't do that. And he's like, sorry. Like, <laughs> it's like every little, that's one of those good comedies that nobody really gives a lot of credit to. Yeah. Like, he um, gets uh, butt implants in that movie. Yeah. That's what I was funny. thinking with that. Yeah. That's a fun movie. Yeah. And Steve, like, uh, Steve Zahn is pretty, he's like quietly the best character in the movie. It is, yeah. That is, that it's, that's an odd pairing that you yeah. kind of are like either seem like it shouldn't work or they should have done 40 movies together yeah because like jason biggs i think gets a lot of he you know sort of was the nerdy guy but i'm like no he's really more of like a dark like you know a, 
really good offensive comedy guy. And I'm like, I don't know why they don't put him in those roles. But he does do well as sort of like the nerdy straight man. But yeah, yeah like, yeah, Steve's on and Jack Black and just how they work together. And Amanda Peet is quietly just super funny. And it, and I was like, glad yeah. when Togetherness came out that she's like popping back into yeah. things again because I think she is a real solid actress. I was like, oh, I'm kind of sad she wasn't in more stuff. Yeah, I really like her, and I always have. There's something about her that I'm like, yeah, she's cool because like her little, you know, one episode on How I Met Your Mother, like yeah. you know, really funny. She's Jenkins again, and I was like, see, that's the type of character I wanted to see her. And even though she's such a good bitch, like Stone Cold bitch, like in Saving Silverman, she like, almost yeah. feels like she could have been like a good SNL cast member. Yeah. Because she so, like, can play a million weird things. Like, she could have been a really good, like, anchor character for, like, SNL or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Because, yeah, in, like, I remember seeing, like, people like Lisa Kudrow in Audition for SNL and didn't get it. And I'm like, I could have seen you yeah, on there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always yeah, interesting like, to people yeah. where you're just like, oh, you'd have been good on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, uh, Lauren Michaels didn't pick me. You know, he makes some bad choices. Big yeah. dicks. Um, sorry. Oh, who was that? <laughs> so. Yeah. That you were the cat. I know. It's like she just keeps hacking up back there, guys. Like you know, you probably heard it. Um, well, that's a lovely sound on the yeah. podcast, but yeah, and I'm like, and I, I got the shit talking. I'm like, no, I'm Mrs. Brightside. Yeah. Where are we going with that? Um, yeah, Saving Silverman. Awesome. Solid movie. This yeah. has been lovely. We have yeah. to do this again. I know. I was this like, is, this is fun. This is just uh, the the. Like, I'm making myself stop because it's otherwise we will be here for another 11 hours. I know, I was like, and I kind of have to pee now. And, I'm so like, yeah. Yeah. and so, but this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so and much I for coming in. I look forward to looking for the flimsiest of excuses to come and hang out. Yeah, as, as you know, we say, it's like we do these podcasts mostly to have hangout time yeah, because exactly. as entertainers who make no money and can't even afford to see Nine Sales again, we have to, like, you know, justify work. you got to pretend but, it's content. Yeah. But that, that's what yeah. we do. Speaking of content, do you have any you would like to plug? Oh, yes, on this sure. I will do several things. Uh, yeah. I will, my podcast, This Is Rad, is a lot of fun. You were just on it. Yeah. Uh, your episode will be out tomorrow, which will probably be after when this is out, or before when this is out. Yeah. So it'll be out there. Uh, I'm on the Twitter and Instagram at Kyle Clark is Rad. Uh, I. I I'm always ha- the only reason I'm on them is if people enjoy me on a podcast and want to follow up, I will read those and respond accordingly. They're the only reason I'm on any social media at this point. Uh, is just to talk to people who listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's uh, what it's for. So, yeah, at Kyle Clark is rad on both of those. Uh, I have an album out called I'm a Person that is available on iTunes and, and Spotify and Amazon and all those places. Uh, I have a second album that will be out soon, but it's not out yet, so I'll just keep that mysterious. But, uh, but that'll be out at some point in probably February. I just recorded back in December in Atlanta. Um, and other than that... Uh, yeah, listen, yeah. this is rad, and uh, and find the brighter side of life. All right, guys, since I'm Lucretia Line, you can always find me at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. It's always a journey. Yeah, see you next Tuesday. So, there's this new podcast you guys should totally be listening to. It's called Dead Inside, it's got myself, Lucretia Lyon, and Jacqueline Pissarro. And we talk about a lot of effed up stuff. That uh, you'll absolutely enjoy and laugh at, like murder. And uh, serial killers. And um, we speak with other comics, and we talk to other different types of personalities. Yeah, and personality disorders. That um, we point out in other people and in ourselves. Because we're full of it. (laughs) 
Yeah, so guys, Dead Inside has new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.